0: Ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's your favorite Uncle Silk. It's Dan. Dan Delatory. Oh man, same corner, same time, fellas. How are you guys feeling this afternoon?
1: I actually might be the the better Dan in the Florida Gator fan base right now. A more respected, more well-liked Dan.
2: <laughs> Hopefully it's yeah, not how, close. That's Hopefully. the way to start the show.
1: <laughs> it's a good realization, you know?
2: Man. Hey, uh, well, at least people aren't gonna have to listen long. Let us know if if uh which Dan you respect more, Mullen or Thompson. Uh <laughs> when we <laughs> tweet it out, let us know. Yeah.
1: But uh how's your uh, outside of the obvious? How, how was y'all's weekend?
0: Uh my weekend was 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 pretty good, man. Um productive, got a lot done, hung out with the family a little bit. Um overall, I can't complain. Got a lot of rest on Sundays, on Sunday. Also, last night, did some content with the Gator Collective and, and uh, uh, Malik Davis and Keon Zipper. But we'll talk about the football game later. Nick,
1: give us your Ohio, Kentucky stories.
0: Um, did you eat the chili?
2: No, um, man. No, that's trash chili. Um, bunch of trolls in my Twitter mentions. I asked for actual recommendations and got 150 people saying Skyline Chili. Um Rather swim in the Ohio River than do that. Um, had some like decent meals, but overall, like,
0: is that a bad know. river or something? Why would you say that?
2: It's just like the river that that uh, Cincinnati's on. It's like the river that's right there. Huh.
0: Is it frowned upon to swim in it or
2: something? No, I was. Just, I would rather. I, th- like, I think Nick was just trying to get a joke off. A <laughs> <letting laughs> more confusion, you know. Jo- jokes are better when you have to explain them. Dan, give me a yeah. minute here. <laughs> um yeah like i just don't know you i can miss ohio like i don't know if uh, i don't know sure. why I'd, why i'd go back to ohio um, that's a great point uh lexington was 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 quick wasn't there very long and uh got out and then uh flew back to gainesville so long work weekend but uh happy to be back home sorry Thank for you. everyone listening from ohio Good to have you back.
1: I don't think our listenership is too high in Ohio, but uh, that's good, Nick. Uh, it was a good weekend. Got to uh, the Florida Gator Club uh, here in Tampa for, for a meeting on, uh, on Saturday over at the patio. Um, I had myself a good time Saturday nice. night, a couple beers, a couple shots of Pink Whitney. Um, it was a good it was a good time being here. And then I saw a, a living legend, uh, country music singer Jamie Johnson last night. Um, so it was a good weekend uh here in uh, in Tampa but uh, I do want to uh give condolences to uh to my parents uh their dog um brandy was uh passed away today so that's that's sad she was, she was 11 um so super sad but uh so condolences to my uh to my parents my parents always sad when you lose a dog yeah,
0: so rest in peace to the pup
1: but uh well, so while we do this, we got a lot to talk about, a lot to get off our chest today. Let's give a uh, a quick shout out to Greg Brunt and Brunt Insurance, and we'll get into it.
0: Shout out to the great folks at Brunt Insurance and Financial Services. Anything you need insured from the panhandle to the keys, be sure to visit bruntinsurance.com or give them a call at 954-589-2204. My man Greg is the best of the best when it comes to customer service. and going to take care of that process from the router to the tutor and any customer service you may need. Bruntinsurance.com. Big coverage.
1: Well, very good. So the Gators end up losing uh, a game in Lexington, Kentucky, for the first time since 1986 as the Gators lose 22-13 against the Kentucky Wildcats. The Gators right now sit 3-2 and two on the season and are, if you boys can imagine this, right now slotted to appear in the Duke's Mayonnaise Bowl in uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, obviously, it's it's uh, your fault. <laughs> it is all my fault. It is all my fault. Don't worry, me and the social media guy already talked today about uh, getting a Stadium and Gale representative uh, up there to, uh, to, to make sure that we can cover the game effectively. Uh, but, um, but yeah, I mean, obviously a lot to talk about between uh, penalties, between the conservative play calling, um, to uh, the lack of um, uh, you know, deep passes and things of that nature. But uh, before we get into some of the areas that we want to improve, uh, what part of the game stood out to you uh, on the positive side of the ball?
0: Uh defense played, I mean, defense just look looking a lot better than it did last year. They're not perfect. Um, they're gonna miss some tackles here, and then nobody's gonna play this game perfect. Um, there's a, a lot I don't like about the defense, but I thought the defense played well enough in every game so far this year for us to win football games. Um, I like that the uh, way Marshall's developing at the cornerback spot. Um him, they both held their their, their duties down with, with Kair uh, resting up. So that was a positive for me. Um, just the defense and see my defensive back to my corner, uh, get busy a little bit.
2: Yeah, I think I think there's still stuff that, you know, the last two weeks that, it, it, you know, if Tennessee doesn't overthrow some stuff, um, if Kentucky, you know, uh, doesn't overthrow some stuff, that we might be talking different about the defense. But I think just from a general standpoint, they're getting better each week. Um, tough day. For I think Emory, a tough day for the offensive line. we um, were talking positives,
0: Nick.
1: Yeah, we're talking positives, Nick. Go Hold on, let me pull my stats. You criticize the
0: secondary that I bring up in the positives. Yeah. And Hold on, here.
2: here you go. Punters are people too. My guy, Jeremy Crawshaw, five kicks, two fourteen. If bad. the Gunners, if the Gunners turn around, you probably got a ball down to the one. Maybe a whole different ball game. So, shout out to uh, the punter. Yep. Yeah uh
1: probably the only good uh part of the uh, the special teams um a couple of penalties For things that sure. we'll talk about that here in a second but uh no i thought uh Tyron Hopper probably had his best game as a gator. Uh I thought that Brenton Cox is, is playing pretty well uh again so he's got a nice little sort of streak going. Gervon Dexter, in my opinion, uh played one of his best games, if not his best game. Uh and I think Zach Carter uh you know had another good game. He leads the SEC uh, with five and a half sacks right now. So he's uh, coming out as a menace. So I did think the defense schemed pretty well. Uh, they were able to hold them to less than hundred yards passing, uh, you know, Wando Robinson who had the the long touchdown uh, at the beginning of the game, uh, the 41 yarder uh, where we seemingly struggled with, with figuring out tackling again and, and definitely figured out uh, that no matter what situation is trading is not very interested in squaring up on you. Um, but outside of that, I thought that they did a pretty good job. Obviously, you're still gonna you're still gonna get yards, and you're still gonna you know have some bigger than normal plays. But I thought the defense did play uh, did play pretty well. And I want to give a shout out on the offensive side of the ball to Damian Pierce. I thought that he was probably your best offensive playmaker from uh, the game on Saturday. So, uh, any other positives before we get into uh, what I like to call areas of opportunity?
0: Yeah, I like Damian Pierce as well um, in the run game. Thought he should have got more carries, especially around the goal line. Uh, a little confused about a lot of that, but uh, he was a positive in the offense for sure. Um, there's some keys I think, I think on the outside we could play some football too, which we yeah. need more opportunities. Um, right. but the running, the running, the running game is what it is. and Damian Pierce did look good.
2: Um, some positives, uh, that Dan Mullen pointed out. Uh, Florida had more yards.
0: Um, okay, I'm trying to relax here,
2: had a more time of possession, I'm trying to
0: slowly like outrush them to the show.
2: Okay past him so like yeah, he outcoached game. him right yeah yeah pretty good game overall you yep. know hmm. more yards per play more yards per play
1: opportunities opportunities um all right well let's get into i don't know how you guys want to break this down uh, i guess we could do uh Silky used to do this a, a get it off your chest segment let's let's just talk Openly now, and then we can dive into Okay.
0: Before some we get into iterations. X and O's, right? Yeah. Before we get into X and O's, the smile leaving the field.
2: Smile date.
0: Like I, don't, I don't, like, I can't, like, I, I've been a Dan Mullen fan. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a Gator fan. I'm not cheering and rooting for a guy that smiles like that out the L. I'm sorry. I just can't. I I got. And I'm just like you. Got to tap out of like fan fanatic mode and just step back a little bit and like, all right. Now I'm just gonna criticize this and just watch from that standpoint because, bro, I don't know any competitor that smiles after losing. What champion does that ever? Do we? Uh, i say that you're. No, just, I just think it's a lot of arrogance, bro. Like like like. Sometimes the players get into this verse fans thing. Right, players do that like with Marco Wilson and everybody else in the past, and some coaches does do that that type of shenanigans as well. Like, I just don't like the arrogance of, of after L. It's passionate people that follow this, this, this sport, this, this logo, and for you to like smile after that, like I don't think anything's hilarious or funny. You know, I think like you should take that L passionately, like anybody else should, like, that's trying to win football games and championships.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: So I had to tap out on like the timeline after like yo like I gotta go be happy too fam. (laughs) (laughs) Head coach is happy. I gotta I gotta gotta clock
2: out and go be happy then too. Um, In his defense, I think like there's a uh, you know I was going through pictures. There's pictures of him like pissed off right before Um, he might be smiling at Stoops, but I get like you don't have to smile. I've seen. Well, I, I've seen coaches, you know, basically do a drive-by handshake mm-hmm. when they lose a game, and like they, basically, like basically, barely even dap a guy up. Um, right. I, I want to say like Dan Mullen's got like seven and a half million reasons to not be happy about a loss, but I mean, if you get fired, you've got twelve million reasons to be happy to be fired. You know, great, great profession. Fire football coach. Um, I, I didn't, I didn't see it in the same way you did, Silk. But like not being like a, a fan, I, I. I'd probably see it differently, but I totally get that, you know, especially right after a loss. Uh, that you're supposed to win. Uh, yeah. We obviously yeah.
0: watching you get out, coach. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're wondering if you're checked out of this game or you, if you care about it because, mm-hmm. like, like the the lack of, like, looks like preparation um, with the snap count. A lot of stuff was just mind boggling for you to smile. Like, we got a lot of questions and people, were, like, curious about a lot of stuff. And, like, the smile just threw me off. Well, especially wrong, how, especially it how off.
1: soon it was to, the loss, right? It's not like the game was completely out of control. It's not like it was something you could mentally prepare for for thirty minutes. You know, Florida had the ball at the very end of the game. You know, first and goal on what the five yard line. Um, you know, I, I don't know contextually, like you said, Nick. So I, I do see both sides. I understand why people are frustrated and why they see the picture. And they they get angry. Um, I also think that there is sometimes more to that picture, and you don't know if that's in the middle of him saying hi to. You know, whoever it might be, you know, I like to think that these guys are people and, and not robots as well. But I can definitely see where Silk's coming from, because I think the the general frustration that I have is not that he smiled like one time. It, it, that's not the issue. I think that, you know, Silk speaks to a lot of people that feel like he's overall a, bit, a bit checked out. Right. And it's a it's a bigger it's a small part of a much bigger picture. And it's not the smile as much as it's everything else. And then you throw a smile on top of it. Right. So I think that there is a general frustration amongst a lot of fans. I don't know if it's the the vocal minority, if it's the majority. I don't know what it is, but it's definitely loud of the expectation that, you know, Florida you Know it's not the program that Dan Mullen said it would be when they lost to Kentucky in his the guy, first year. The guy that
0: says he wants to like win thumb wrestling matches and, and everything he competes in is not smiling out the L. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't see the same Dan Mullen that signed up for this job, and I could be wrong, but my opinion, what I'm looking at, the lack of uh, even when the recruiting effort, like this fans, like, like we're not just like complaining about the effort, like we, we, we applaud him for the X's and O's. and. And game day stuff. And if that started faltering when fans are already mad about recruiting, like just running out of, of positives after a little while, right? Yep.
3: Yeah.
2: I had I had two people today, um, two friends today ask me if if I thought Mullen was checked out. And I guess my initial response was I think fans are just like the honeymoon's over, and fans are just right. listening or hearing it differently because like that to me is the same, like Cocky, arrogant, dismissive Dan that's been here since, you know, his first year in terms of mm-hmm. press conferences. Cause they were, mm-hmm. they're watching right. today. And I'm guessing a lot of people don't tune in, you know, every week at Monday at one o'clock for a press conference. And then you're watching it after a loss. So I had people ask me that and I'm like, that's That's him, man. That's like, that's him being dismissive. That's how he's been this whole time. Listen, you can, you can, you can be a jerk. Like Nick is mm-hmm. a jerk. Sometimes when you're winning championships and you're doing that, you can, you can do whatever you want in the media. When, when you lose to Kentucky twice, the last five coaches in Florida history hadn't lost to Kentucky once. Dan's mm-hmm. done it twice. Um, you you know, what you say is going to start getting picked apart. And, and the way you say it and, and, and your demeanor, and it's probably tough to have a camera on you for three hours. Mm-hmm. I'd slip up, um, you know, but but I see exactly where you're coming from. So this is a
0: lot of questioning. The fans have been questioning for, like, a lot of things. The, yeah. the mm-hmm. offensive line recruiting, the offensive line development, Anthony Richardson not playing. Uh, a, a lot of a lot of resting. Kyle Pitts last year, resting. Kyle year right now. Um, like you take you walk into some of these games, lackadaisical, like you did LSU last year, and you lose. It's so not. It's walk, not like you, gotta you gotta
2: have. Look. The, it's not like you have the cushion of. Well, they've been they've been recruiting top five every year. Right. Uh, Kentucky, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I, you know, we talked about this. I'll never forget. I talked about this with Zach Alvoverity the day that Dan Mullen was hired and like the Monday after that, he's just a different kind of guy, you know, and he's not getting you over with being, <clears throat> you know, a super funny guy and you hope that he wins by just putting a good product on the field because he is one of the best actual, probably football coaches in college football right now, but there's a lot of, else that goes into being the face of a program and that frustration starts to wear thin. And even if it builds back a little bit, it's still not fully repaired until you start to get what you said that you came to university afforded to do. And I don't know how much closer the Gators are to winning a college football national championship than they were four years ago. I think that they're in a better position, but I don't think that they're in a position right now where they are within striking distance of being a national champion man, here's no, my take some changes being made here's my take
0: on that because we are in a position he's just not taking advantage of the position well that's what i mean you got, you, you, got you got florida state and miami down in this state right you get opportunities like this after like tennessee a lot of top 10 teams losing in a week like this you get to go up like just to of yourself a little bit in the state. some. Mm-hmm. Recruitment's picking up a little bit after the bama game kids will enjoy being in the swamp it's an opportunity there we have these opportunities to take over a state while up these other schools are down. We just mm-hmm. don't do it, right. and it's, it's, from, it's from a lack of recruiting and a lack of like just game day decisions. I think the LSU game and the Kentucky game losses like that. Even the first Kentucky game, were a few game time decisions away from winning that game in preparation stuff. In none of those games we were we were we were uh, out talented or or the or, or lesser teams. We were better teams in both of those situations. You got to win your layups. Yep. especially when other programs are down. So I think we're in position to strike, talent-wise and coaching-wise. But mm-hmm. some stubbornness that that's that's keeping that from happening.
2: I think you're even being nice there, saying you've got to win your layups. Like those are games. And listen, Kentucky's, um, Kentucky's not you know the team that Steve Spurrier was playing uh, you know most For sure. of the time. A good football team. Um, but still, I think in the manner in that you in the way the manner in which you lost. Um, and then the smile, the dismissive comments after the game. I think that – but then how much of it is also just you're what's, – what's Florida in their last eight? Three and five? Yeah. Last last one and five in, in their last six games against Power Five competition. And granted, two of those are Alabama, uh, which is the national champion, you know, on the way to being the national champion, uh, and the eventual national champion. But a bad loss to LSU, um, mm-hmm. a, a – a disturbing loss to Oklahoma where, uh, you know, Dan thumb wrestler Mullen said this wasn't even the 2021 team or it wasn't even the 2020 team. That team played their last game, you know, uh, yeah. in, the, in Atlanta. Um, so I think, the, I think it's, I think obviously the, the fan base is going to be mad. If you lose to Kentucky um, hadn't lost in Lexington since 1986, but I think mm-hmm. it's also accumulation of everything that's happened since that LSU loss. It's not a good Kentucky up to this point. Last night,
0: yeah, Kentucky, like, Kentucky, Kentucky was not teams. good. This they, they just wasn't a good team Saturday yeah. night, fam.
1: You know, I I think that Kentucky, like like Silk is saying, that Kentucky is a better program than they were certainly in the in the nineties, right? But uh, you know, Florida is in uh, a much better. Not only that, they not only are a more talented team. I think that they held Kentucky to probably one of the worst games that Kentucky's going to yes. have this entire season, yes. and Florida beat themselves with with bad with uh, definitely a lack of preparation, right? You have what, eight false start penalties, right? On the same snap count that you've had for since at least the Alabama game. Cause that's when I really noticed uh, their, their snap count change. Um, I'm not sure if they had it before. So they had at least eight uh, false starts. They had multiple unsportsmanlike penalties. The black, I think it's hit for both of them, right? One of them is when you flip the field, um, you had a couple of holding penalties. I mean, you had your most penalty yards in a game, and and how do you let Kroger Field do that to you, right? Like that, So the uh, press a box, standard is... supermarket. Is, <laughs> it is. is, and you have it Death is. Valley looming right in third, twelve is. days.
0: Yeah, well, that'll be a new one. I mean, yeah. But he might care about that one, you know. He might he may actually prepare and have like a silent count and all that type of stuff prepared for a loud stadium. I mean, how, we how much... We said on this show that that stadium is going to be loud. So I don't know how you could just go walk into an SEC but... stadium not prepared to adjust the snap count.
1: And it was by their seniors
0: too. Gosh,
1: man! Like, it's the guys that have been playing on this offensive line and should know this stuff by now. Let's see. That's it was, forget um, the offensive
0: line. After you get four all false starts, yo, how do we adjust something? I'm the quarterback. I'm saying, how do I adjust something here? Right. Like, somebody's got to like like want to fix that problem. Um, grab your offensive line by the face, man, and say, yo, get your shit together. Like, right. Some way, this got to get fixed. We can't just go casually through a game of eight. Eight false starts, and everybody just okay and smiling and leaving the stadium. Like, right. And right nothing the changed. You three know, of right. the, I noticed.
2: three of the eight were in the first half. So, no halftime adjustment made. And the second and third came on back to back plays, which turned a yep. third and one to a third and 11. Mm-hmm. It's not all the offensive line. Malik Davis had two. Right. So, uh, you know, a redshirt senior running back. And, and an L56
1: had at least one or two. The Lance uh,
2: had one. Reese had. Reese had like one, Ethan left. White so that, had two, Richard Garage had one, and so you have, had one.
1: You have four
2: of your eight by
1: seniors. Yeah. No, uh. Yeah. One
0: yeah. garage. No, we, we call, we, we call him a garage. top ten coach or top five coach, where we want to rank him at this week. But those type of coaches don't don't lose games like this they're supposed to yeah. win. Guys that are in that category aren't losing this game. Yeah. Like
2: yeah, I mean, I hate comparing him to Nick Saban because he's not. But like Nick Saban, how many have they won? They've won like 32 straight over the East. Yeah, that, that's the, that's what you're talking about. That's a championship mm-hmm. coach. That's you they they haven't been underdogs in any of those games, so they win the games they're supposed to.
1: Well, and they usually look good doing it, right? I mean, Nick Saban's mm-hmm. usually pissed off when his team wins by 14 instead of by 27. Yeah. Right? Um. So obviously, huge penalty issues. We just talked about a couple of the special team issues. Um, you know, the one black, I think he got both penalties right on special teams. Um, you know, those are are things that you can't do. You can't give up, especially when you're obviously not clicking on, on the offensive side of the ball. You can't give up free yards that way. Um, and we have David Wonderle coming on in a few minutes from Peter Country. He wrote a, a great article and, um, you know, about, you know, Dan Mullen's margin for error, but, You know, when you don't recruit as well as you potentially can in Florida um, and you are missing a lot of pieces of what an elite team should have, you're going to win some games where you're going to out scheme them and you're going to just win the game by naturally being better. But there's also a chance that if everything's not clicking, that you're not going to be able to to really hit the way that you want to. So. Um, yo, know, let's just
0: Here, real ahead. quick. Um, and also, like, we keep talking about recruiting, he do not recruit that well. And then, some of our best offensive recruits that we got from either Clemson or or the most explosive players on the team are sitting on the bench
1: or not. The other so, not, not only
0: don't you don't recruit that well, you, the hot, the, the, the explosive kids that we do got that, that we call game changers in the recruiting department, that mm-hmm. they're all sitting on the bench. Yeah,
2: just uh, getting valuable experience.
0: Right, yeah, you can't. There's only one way to learn: is watching. You know, Yeah. <laughs> maybe efficient. they're visual learners. What That's are you mean right. teacher? That's right. Man, well, it's this- egregious, man. Me, like, I got, I could go all day. That oh, two minute, work. the two minute warning with three timeouts, I clocked out of my mind. I was like, the football guy's yeah, not gonna allow us to win this well, game. And, and I, need some, my wife, I need some time on look that. At my one, wife yeah. and I said, the, the football guy's not gonna allow us to win this game because you can't play like that on the roll. You're on the roll in a loud, hostile environment. Uh, your They're getting the ball struggling. They're getting the back yeah. ball back at half. If you got a quarterback, you don't trust with 2 minutes on the clock in the SEC with three timeouts, you need to go back to your quarterback room and figure some shit out. Right. And his excuse didn't make sense, right? He quarterback I that you
2: handpicked, that you've been coaching right.
0: for 4 right. years. And you, you can't get a Mac 2 around. minute, you can't mm-hmm. get a 2 minute clock and three timeouts and go get points with that or even attempt to? Mm-hmm. It's insane to me.
1: Yeah, and I listened to it. Nick, I, I saw the quote that you I'm had. I had, some, I had some free time. Come on, so Who's down? Rub those, yeah. those years? Kind of chill, man. So, it's like bad boy three. So, so <laughs> Dan Mullen said something to the effect of, we had an opportunity where we wanted to go deep or we wanted to try to score, and we kept checking down. And I didn't see those plays come to fruition. Um, I didn't see not only the option for the explosive play that he's talking about, there was no real sense of urgency to try to make the ball – uh, you know, snapped fit, you know, faster, be able to get those plays off. So even you if call the suck- first week, call the first down,
0: I'm like, okay, we're, we're about to go. And then they yep. just casually just chill and start draining yeah, yeah. the clock. I, I was like, I, what is I, this? I,
2: yeah, I think if I'm, if I'm not mistaken after that, after that first first down, they snapped the ball with like, like 12, 14, 15 seconds left. So like you weren't hurrying It was
1: less than 15 seconds. Either. Yeah, I you weren't hurrying. Yeah, that was a couple beers deep by this point. So I but, but, here's, but here's thing. the thing.
2: So Dan Dan said, you know, well, we were at our 30 with 30 seconds left. Well, Zach Carter, Sachs, Will Levis. There's like 242 mm-hmm. on the clock left. Call timeout. Now you got 240. Yeah. You probably get the ball with start your next drive at 235. To be, you know, to be fair. Mm-hmm. instead of starting the drive at 150, mm-hmm. then you've got still got two timeouts, and it's easy to move the ball in, in college football. The clock stops after a first down.
0: Come on, man. That's first, what play, call, first, like first play, Kentucky, you call a screen. And we, it he, he can spin it higher. we want. We all got common sense, and we know that he don't trust Emory Jones. He, he doesn't. He up. He, he, trust does, him. he doesn't trust, he he doesn't
2: trust, him. trust that's Emory Jones. Why we're not,
0: that's why we're not throwing the ball down the field. We're playing in a box because he don't trust his quarterback that's been here, and he's been grooming him for a long time. And that's Kyle fine. Trask is a quarterback of You're not gonna trust him. Don't trust the, the, the better athlete neither and put him on the field. Don't trust 15. You don't trust five. So put 15 on the field too.
2: If this yep. was 2020, Kyle Trask, they would have drove the ball. They would have called timeout before that punt. Of course. They would have had two in the pocket, and they would have if the running back, if a running back was on the field, it wouldn't have been to you know hand the ball off to Malik Davis on first and ten from your own 24. It would have been for pass protection. Um, it, it, you can say that you trust Emory Jones, so you're blue in the face. Jim McElwain, your actions speak so loudly, I can't hear what you're saying, Dan. You don't trust Emory Jones, and, and that's why you didn't call a timeout. Before, he you He trusts Emory of the Jones
0: less than he trusted Felipe Franks, and that's a fact. That's rough. Yeah.
2: I'm, not saying, I'm not saying you're wrong. No, he is right. Yeah, that's, that's, that, no, I'm, not, I'm saying you're yeah. right. That's a tough pill to swallow.
1: Florida had zero passes longer than 20 yards. Dan Mullen does not trust Emory Jones to throw the ball. Even when you thought that he got some confidence in the Alabama game and the Tennessee game. To tell the
0: fans, like, after the game, look at, like, media, like, they're nuts. Like, we're nuts for questioning if AR should be playing when you don't even trust the guy. We're watching your play call and, and can tell you don't trust him. Yep. But we're, we're the idiots for even asking about another quarterback.
1: Yeah, that we just well, run the
0: ball up and down the field.
1: Let's let's not. Uh, we're, we're gonna we're gonna bench this for a second. Let's um, let's bring David Wonderlick from Gator Country on. Before we do that, let's give a shout out to our friends over at Home Field Apparel. If you are looking for the softest, uh, most vintage and cool looking Gator. Uh, apparel that you can think of and t-shirts go visit homefieldapparel.com use promo code stadium and gale at checkout get 15 percent off they will be adding some more things but it's a great uh silk it's almost holiday season Uh, so uh, christmas christmas is right around the corner So if you are looking for a uh, a holiday gift for a loved one or a friend, uh, visit homefieldapparel.com. Use promo code STADIUM and Gale and get 15% off. David Wunderlich from Gator Country. It is a pleasure to have you on, my friend. How are you doing?
4: Doing great. How are you all doing, gentlemen? Good. Good. My former uh, colleague,
2: uh, David, making me smarter (laughs) at football.
0: That's right. I'm I'm okay under the circumstances, David. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, considering. Yeah,
2: so, so so came in saying I'm I'm gonna relax, this is gonna be a nice therapy <laughs> session. And he was screaming twenty minutes,
3: 20 yeah. seconds. And if kidding, David. Scream, David. <laughs> <laughs>
1: David, as yeah, you were listening in, did silk sound like he was calm and ready to just carry on a,
4: a normal? Color? <laughs> I calm like a serial killer, maybe. All
1: right, David. So we're really uh, excited to have you on. I know that we've been going back and forth about trying to find a time uh, to to have you onto the show, and and you had a great uh, article that you put out for Gator Country, and we'll we'll tweet that link out a little bit later. Um, but about Dan Mullins margin of error, Um, and we touched briefly on it, but I don't want to steal your thunder and your point. So go into a little bit about what you wrote about, uh, about your thoughts on Dan Mullen, about the Kentucky game, and ultimately Dan Mullen's tenure at Florida.
4: Sure. So I realized over the weekend that I cracked the code. Every single complaint everyone has about Dan Mullen all comes down to he doesn't build enough margin for error for himself. And that's it. Good night, gentlemen. It's been great. Yeah. No, it's- <laughs> Thanks for uh, joining. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, you think about when he goes up against modestly weaker teams, not talking about your FAUs or your Vandys, but pull the name out of the hat, say Kentucky or LSU last year. He goes with these bland, quote unquote, safe game plans that take some of the margin of error that exists from the quality gap between the teams. And he gives some of that away in order to try to prevent bad things from happening. But College football is a game played by 18 to 22 year old males in the heat of aggression making snap decisions with a funny shaped ball that bounces weird ways. Like chaos is a part of the game and it always will be. And sometimes a field goal is going to get blocked and return for a touchdown, even though that happens like twice every, every season. And sometimes in the heat of a moment, a guy's going to pick up and throw a shoe. I mean, who among us, right? So (laughs) you cannot game plan away Those random occurrences, and sometimes they work in your favor. Sometimes it's Tennessee a couple weeks ago, and they just, even though guys are running free in the the secondary, the quarterback can't hit him. Well, we know he can hit him sometimes because, oh my goodness, did you see what Tennessee did to Missouri? (laughs) But you know, the luck goes both ways, and sometimes it's going to go against you, and you got to build that margin for error. And Steve Spurrier would build margin for error by having aggressive game plans and never backing down to do the quote-unquote safe thing. And Urban Meyer would extend his margin for error by focusing in on special teams and stealing possessions and points with blocks and returns and stuff. And Dan Mullen, other than, you know, sometimes a returner on accident takes one to the house, or maybe he fakes a punt once a year. But he doesn't really use special teams in the same way his old boss used to. I mean, he was in the building. He saw it, but he just doesn't do it. And he throws away some of his margin for error when he doesn't play his best players. Um, Franks and Trask is the, the biz- biggest example of that. And and I don't want to go deeper on that because I don't want to sound like I'm slamming guys who gave their all but just weren't SEC material. But I, I think we all know who some of those names are. Um, and then when he keeps guys on his staff who aren't very good recruiters, not only does that mean that you're just seeding the talent gap to Alabama and to Georgia. And if you ever accidentally make the playoff to Ohio state, that also means the guys who are good recruiters, you can't lose them. I mean, they lost Brian Johnson, to the NFL last winter, and then Michigan came running for Christian Robinson. Now, Christian Robinson, he seems like a great guy, but I haven't been that impressed by the coaching of the inside linebackers and middle linebackers. I mean, the last linebacker who could defend a pass signed for and played for Will Muschamp. So I, an on-field perspective i'm okay if christian robinson you know goes getting raised at michigan but they can't lose their two best recruiters in the same off season so they got to scramble the jets and and make sure he stays on so it affects your ability to create a whole staff and you know nick saban you know nick was talking about him earlier he doesn't view staff hires as a trade-off between development and recruiting he gets guys who can do both And not everybody can be Nick Saban and have guys just falling all over themselves to, to join a staff. Sometimes you have guys who are strong in one area, but not the other, but you got only can have like a couple of those guys. And right now I think maybe four guys among the 10 assistants are solidly in the good developers and good recruiters. And, you know, it just throws away your margin of error in in both departments. And you
2: can can have probably one guy, maybe two on staff that aren't good recruiters and that's it. And they better be great. They better be
4: elite. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like I don't know how good uh, o- Oklahoma's offensive line coach is a- as a recruiter, but like he put together the the Joe Moore winning offensive line like three years in a row. Like if that's what he's doing, if that's what your development guy's doing, then great. But uh, you everybody has to be able to recruit. And then just yeah, like, the formula always
0: like, just goes back to when you recruit better, like your development gonna be better because you're dealing with better prospects. Um, yeah, I mean so this always goes back yeah. to just recruiting better.
4: Yeah. I mean, I, I remember hearing this, I don't know, like a decade ago from remember Trooper Taylor, the uh, Auburn mm-hmm. assistant who weighed the towel all the time. Right. He, he loved to say that recruiting is like shaving. If you don't do it every day, people will notice. So it, it really makes a difference. And then, you know, just in terms of building goodwill and, and trust among fans and, and the administration, Dan Mullen, you know, fritters away his margin of error there with unforced errors by not reading the room and and dismissing understandable questions and, you know, having him or someone near him uh float these NFL rumors that turn out to probably not have anything behind them trying to get a raise and extension even Correct. though he lost his last three games and oh by the way put the program on probation for the first time mm-hmm. since the eighties and I, I know a lot of fans don't care about that, even especially when you look at the details of what exactly the offense was, but like I mean, the, they care sure now. They care out of the Saturday. Saturday. They sure do. <laughs> and I, I don't we don't need to get into it now, but Florida's AD is not on solid ground right now because Bad of Bad week for going Scott on Strickland. There. Yeah. yeah going Scott, on our, our, Scott
0: Strickland's <laughs>
2: stock is, is down. by the dip, yeah, they, guys. Might have, they might
0: have tried to lose Kentucky to get this, the heat off of that.
4: Yeah. So, you know, he's, you know, the, the only athletic director who actually hired Dan Mullen out of Starkville, even though he took 500 <laughs> interviews trying to get out of there, was Scott Strickland. Was and kidding, that's for man, a reason. Uh, so... <laughs> You know, the only other program that was ever seriously considering taking him out was Tennessee. that same year when they were doing their whole clown car coach search that ended up with Jeremy Pruitt. You know, so it, it, he he needs he, to have somebody in his corner. And if uh, the worst is true about what it looks like with the women's basketball program and if something you know happens to Scott Strickland, like I don't know how much administrative support he's going to have because he's been complaining about facilities openly to the public and. Mm-hmm um even if he's every not wrong you, you meetings, can't
0: every coach come here complaining about facilities in public
4: yeah and so that that makes the you know takes away some of your support in the administration especially mm-hmm. when you're embarrassing them at press conferences and then you know pulling his his nfl rumor stuff so um he, he just everywhere that you could advance your cause by building up some margin of error mm-hmm. so that when those uncontrollable bad things happen It doesn't turn wins into losses and Mm -hmm. people aren't on your back. Like no one's ever going to be okay with losing to Kentucky at Florida, but like it wouldn't feel so bad if they didn't fritter away the LSU game last year, or Mm -hmm. if they hadn't mismanaged defensive tackle recruiting for multiple years and Mm -hmm. couldn't get a run stop against Texas A&M. They could have easily won that game too, but you know, Malik Davis fumbles, that's unfortunate, but you know, guys fumble almost every game and it doesn't have to cost you the game, but it does. If you've eliminated your margin for error.
2: So you, you put your finger on what the problem is. What do you think is the cause of that going, um, you know, I guess conservative? You know, you, you've got these great – and I've said it multiple times. He Dan Mullen can come up with a game plan. Like you gave Alabama their toughest game in their national championship season in 2020. You gave Alabama a run for their money in 2021. And then you have, you know, in his first year, you lose to Missouri. You lose to Kentucky. Um, you lose to LSU last year. You lose these games that you have no business losing. What do you think it is about Dan? Is it the mentality? Is it playing, coaching not to lose? What is it that keeps having these games happen to him?
4: I think it's probably a combination of a few different things. I think constitutionally, he's just kind of a conservative guy, um, which is unusual for, you know, How aggressive really great. He is uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I think he just has a lower risk tolerance than a lot of his coaching peers. I think also he developed a certain outlook as to the way to win at Mississippi State. And if you look at a lot of the things he's done at Florida that are different than what past Florida coaches have tried to do, if you look at those, it's really the things, oh, those that's what you would have to do to win at Mississippi State. And I don't think he's fully made the mental transition to, to realizing that you can win at Florida in a different way than you win at Mississippi State. And I think it's also just that, he is an incredibly smart man when it comes to football. Mm-hmm. Very, 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 very smart, and he wants to win the game a certain way, and he creates the plan to win the game a certain way. And when it is these unusual things like a shoe toss or a blocked field goal return with you know five hundred false start flags or a, a random fumble at the end of a game, it's very easy for him, I think, to say, "Well, I did my part. My part was right. If everything went according to my plan." we would have won. And it's very easy to dismiss those losses mentally thinking like, yeah, but, but really I had it. And Mm -hmm. that again, it goes back to the margin of error. And that's just not
0: football smart.
4: You cannot control. You can't call
0: that football smart either. Like you gotta know as a football coach that some things are going, going, may go wrong. And I may have to alter this plan and adjust at the halftime, at some point in the game or in my game plan, like things happen.
1: So like I know he's a
0: smart X and O guy, but he ain't that smart. He can't he's a great game.
1: I think I I think David, you have narrowed it in until what I think Dan Mullen is. And I think that he's a fantastic game planner that if everything goes the way that it should go. Florida is going to probably end up on the, the winning side of, of that match substantially more often than not. But if it doesn't, you know, I, I heard this from my first boss and I forgot, you know, who said it originally, but a good plan only survives till contact with the enemy. And and that's when, you know, if it's, if it's the right plan or not. And if it doesn't go exactly to the way that that game plan is going, then Dan Mullen maybe isn't the world's best at, at making modifications during the game or, you know, and maybe that's why he comes out of it, you know, as, Maybe condescending or not, as like approachable because it is. Well, we had more yards, we had more time of possession. If all of these things are true, we should have won the game, and we didn't. And it's not my fault, right?
0: And Mike Tyson said yeah. everybody got plans until they get punched yeah. in his face, and that's the champ. <laughs> so if the champ is telling you you got to have a plan. With somebody to punch you in the face because things change. Then that's probably the facts of life. Everyone's got
2: plans plan someone punches them in the face.
4: You <laughs> well, did that way too wow. good. Nick's done that before. I, I I don't know Dan <laughs> Mullen, but based on everything I've seen, I would put money on the fact that the thing Dan Mullen trusts in the world the most is Dan Mullen. Yeah. And that mm-hmm. he thinks he knows the exact best way to win. And I believe you know, it, it's so he's, he's not, he's probably not going to change too much because he probably thinks he hasn't figured out and he does evolve. You know, the passing attack he created for Kyle Trask is more sophisticated than anything he'd ever done in the past. So he does evolve. He picks up RPOs earlier than a lot of people do. And, you know, a lot of these various things he, he grows and evolves, but you know, he wants his guys and they're, those guys are going to be his guys. And he's going to, you know, trust in his game plans and he's going to say, you know, I'm going to build players my way. I'm going to get my kinds of players, build them my way. Even if the recruiting services give them a a mid three-star rating and I'm going to wait on them because when they're finished products they are going to be great. Well, you know, that creates resiliency problems in the pipeline. So then you got 2019 or 2020 where the offensive line plays isn't that great because you're waiting on the pipeline to come to fruition. And because you didn't sign that many blue chippers, you don't have guys who can come in right away and play. Um, so, you know, you're, again, throwing away margin of error, waiting on John Hevesy to get guys in shape three years down the line. State. The Mississippi
0: yeah. State. Mississippi We
4: shouldn't, like, the logo a
0: little different over here. We can't be petty hustling like that.
4: Yeah. That sounds so, nuts. And, and I'm sure he believes that once he has his guys in place, that he can game plan well enough to beat anybody. And he probably can at least come close as we saw, you know, against Alabama earlier this year. He can, he can hang with anybody once he's got his guys in place, but um, he can also lose. a. The anybody can hang with us. Yeah. Hmm. So it, it's, it, it's, it's very hard for someone who's convinced he knows the right way to do things to, make wholesale changes and there are going to have to be some very big changes. He doesn't have to change everything, but he's going to have to make some big changes in order to get over that hump and get to a true national championship level. And I don't know if he's going to be willing to look himself in the mirror and say, some of these things I've been doing for 13 years, I need to change.
2: Have we seen, have we seen as good as a program that Dan Mullen can make at Florida, 10 wins, 11 wins, maybe get to, uh, Atlanta, New York Six Bulls, but you're not gonna win a national championship. I got hammered last year for tweeting before the Georgia game, and then after, if Dan Mullen loses this game to Georgia, his third, um, he is the Gators' Mark Richt. You're gonna be, you're, you know, as far as uh, college football teams like Florida are like SP 500, Fortune 500 companies. You, you just want to stay mm. here. You'll take some ups. If the downs a little bit, that's fine. But you don't want these big ups and downs. And, and Dan will give you that. You'll win eight to ten games. Maybe squeak out an eleven-win game. Mark Rick did that for a decade at Georgia. Um, but that's not going to keep fans happy. So have we seen, uh, you know, the top of Dan Mullen's, the top of Dan Mullen's mountain there at, at mm. ten wins, eleven wins?
4: I think the Mullen that exists today we have. But you got to remember, he's not even fifty yet. He got his first head coaching job when he's in his mid thirties, uh, roughly the age I am now, which makes me feel just terrific. But it's not great. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know he he's got plenty of time left in his career. He's got at least mm-hmm. fifteen years more of coaching. And you know the best ones changed their spots. You know Steve Spurrier mostly abandoned the funding gun at South Carolina because it didn't work anymore, and he went and hired somebody to do spread option from App State. Um, and you know suddenly he got. You know, Steve Spurrier Colin speed option plays with mobile quarterbacks. Or you look at Nick Saban and the transformation he did over the 2010s from, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust to the best offense we've ever seen last year. So it is possible for people, for people in general, to change and really transform themselves to, you know, try to hit the, the highest level you can get. Um, I wish I could say with confidence that it's possible for Dan Mullen specifically to make the changes he needs to, to hit that high level. I think he's got the potential, but where he's at right now today, he, I don't think he's going to get there. Not without a lot of good luck going his way. Well,
1: David, it's a uh, somber conversation. Well, one that definitely needs to happen. What's I, up,
4: I feel like he'll get <laughs> run out of
2: town before he gets to that, you know, before his Pokemon evolves to that third level there, David.
4: Yeah. I mean, we'll see. He's got a lot of big decisions to make this off season, especially if, uh, You know, he can't, if he can't sweep the games that are away from home, Mm -hmm. um, I I, I mean, I don't think he's going to beat Georgia. I don't think anyone thinks they're going to beat Georgia at this point. So you're looking at maybe nine and three. And if he drops the road game at LSU or at Missouri, um, then you're at eight and four. And um, he's someone in the administration is going to need to put a little pressure on him to say, Hey, uh, you need to make some changes. Um, I I don't think it's appropriate for ADs to go uh, firing assistants. Like we saw at Navy earlier this year. I mean, what a Mm-hmm. crap show that was but um i believe it when i see it david yeah it, i mean the job is safe i yeah I, but i i think and he knows it that's why you you I, oh yeah he's <laughs> still he, still he, he sits on a throne yeah, of ice right now on, i mean yeah, it no. is the
0: Smile was nasty but <laughs> nobody said that's a nasty smile fam.
4: but he's nasty changes.
1: I, I, I don't know. I feel like I don't think his seat is hot. I, I do think he's on ice, but I wouldn't be surprised if that ice is slightly more melted than other people think. Not that it's a hot seat, but I don't think that he's done a great job earning a lot of like political capital that allows him to be who he and the is. The basketball
0: coach got an extension after like <laughs> abuse. I think Dan Mullen might get another extension next week if he loses. Yeah, no, Ben's I get abandoned. it. But
1: there's, you know, a, one – In $1.5 million to one donated to football that it is to to women's basketball. So um, we'll see. We'll see. But, well, David, we appreciate you coming on, man. Always have enjoyed following you since Alligator Army, probably even before that. Um, But tell everybody where they can follow you on social media.
4: Absolutely. So the best place to find me is on Twitter at year two, the number two, um, which goes back to a blog I started in college back in 2006. So that's fun. I'm feeling old. Uh and um you can find me my work at gatorcountry.com. I do one post a week on the main site, which went up today. And then I also do a newsletter exclusively for Gator Country subscribers. Um so take a look at that.
1: Awesome. Well, David, thank you so much for coming on. We'll definitely have you on in the future and great, great article. Remember, check it out on gatorcountry.com. Thanks so much, All David. Right, Dave.
2: Appreciate it. All right, it. good
3: night. Thanks,
2: Dave.
1: All right. Well, before we go back to the Florida game, we do have uh, a guest from rivals uh, that covers Vanderbilt, uh, Chris Lee, that's going to join us. But before we do that, let's give a shout out to our friends over at game time sidekick. So if you're looking for officially licensed stainless steel drinkware Go visit GameTimeSidekicks.com. Use promo code STADIUM. Get 10% off your order. Boys, we finally have the Stadium and Gale Cups coming our way. Uh, very, very, very excited. Silk, so, uh, they'll be coming in the next week or so, so make sure that you uh, you be on the lookout for those. Don't want them to end up in the same spot your home field T-shirts. I can't wait. Weeks. I
2: can't wait for <laughs> Dan and I to be drinking out of our new Stadium and Gale tumblers and Silk's so like, yo, my package never came.
1: Yeah, yet. yeah. <laughs>
0: Bro, they took it to some place, man. Uh, and That's It's like – Way out of my my way a little bit, so I just never got by there. I don't think they got it anymore. Uh,
1: we'll get we'll get you some stuff, but uh So, so again, this and leave it at my
0: door. It's a great neighborhood, bro. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know why they took the shirts back, man. They leave, they leave cell phones those- and laptops on my on my on my front door, and then they take the t shirt back to the to
1: some maybe, pickup spot. Maybe the the post office guy or the UPS driver saw your uh, your tweet from a few years ago about. About rolling up and one shirt just hey, I Don't want to mess with this guy, so I'm just gonna leave it right, <laughs> right. <laughs> safe spot. So uh, anyway, give GameTimeSidekicks.com. Uh, oh, they did uh, take
0: my salsa too. That's that's <laughs> right. Why don't like Spence sent me some salsa when they did that? Like they hey, Spence send
1: them some more salsa, bro. Um, Game I, need T- some salsa. We'll, I promise you, we'll get through this ad read here. GameTime sidekicks, Hard. promo code stadium. Uh, 350 plus schools, PGA, all that kind of fun stuff. So Nick, why don't you uh, introduce your friend Chris Lee?
2: This is my this is my guy, my, my baseball buddy, Vanderbilt, Vanderbilt guy, Chris Lee. He uh, he runs the rival site um, and uh, I think I've probably tried to convince him to switch jobs with me so I can live in Nashville, but he's happy. He's happy there. Chris, how
5: are you? Hey, I, I think I switched beats with a lot of people right now. This one has been uh, every beat has its issues and you guys have got your own thing to cover. But uh, the one I'm on right now transcends most that I think people deal with. Yeah. Uh, well,
2: first off, coming off a huge win uh, yeah. of the $1, the $1 Bowl um, there. <laughs> so big, big last second win over UConn. Um, I'm also looking at when's the Vanderbilt-Missouri game? Is that this week? Or, no, sorry, no next that week? is
5: – it's a few more weeks. That that is. That is – that's 13 and 14 right now. Missouri, my goodness. That, yeah, that, I'll, that I'll say one way. thing. This will be – this will be the let's say something nice about Vanderbilt portion of okay. the podcast with football. Uh, I don't think Vanderbilt's got the worst defense in the league after, after what we've seen with the Tigers the last few weeks. So
2: What a, what a compliment
5: for, right. for the doors. I'm looking um,
1: forward to a Gators barn burner against Missouri second week of November. Good grief.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe it'll snow. That'll make Drinkwitz happy. Uh, Chris, it's uh it's a, it's a, it's an odd week for, for Florida fans, uh, coming off of the first loss in Lexington since 1986, it's a nooner, it's a Vanderbilt team that, that appears at least from, from Gainesville, from our standpoint to be bad for even Vanderbilt, you know, standpoint from an even Vanderbilt perspective. Um, what, what can Vanderbilt do? What do they do well? Um, and, and what is, is Florida kind of getting into Saturday?
5: Well, they, they don't do a lot well, but they did have a little bit of a flash here on Saturday. Ken Seals had a good game. He is the first time he had a time to throw all year. He threw for, I think, 333, let him do the winning drive. They do have a kicker who can make game winning field goals. He's done it twice now, but this is just a team that lacks talent. They don't have. It's probably the slowest SEC team I've seen in 15 or 20 years. I'm not exaggerating. You'll see it for yourself Saturday. Uh, They're not physical on the lines of scrimmage. Look, I don't think they've been super well coached this year. There's some things that I would take issues with, with schemes and lack of creativity. But, I mean, I said before the season, the over-under on wins for them was three to three and a half. I thought that was dead on. And if they got ETSU, which they should have gotten. They'd be there already, but I don't think I would have picked them to win another game the rest of the year. I don't think I will unless Missouri totally melts down. It is a team that right now, if you look across most computer rankings and power rankings, they are one of the bottom 10 teams in the FCS by most people. They're Either they or Kansas are the worst team in the Power Five. It's just a time where Clark Lee did not have much that he inherited, and it's going to be I mean, look, anytime you have a job change at Vanderbilt, uh, the word rebuild is understood unless James Franklin was involved handing it over. But I think this is worse than most.
1: Chris, I want to to ask you, I guess just moving forward, I mean, you know, I don't know if there's a ton of talk about this game, uh, but do you see Clark Lee as being the type of guy to help rebuild? I mean, probably not ever into a James Franklin type of mold, um, but do you ever see them being able to rebuild? Is he the, the right guy? Or
5: Hard to say. I mean, honest to God, when I watch practices, they seem to be more organized and more disciplined than the ones that Mason had, which isn't a high bar to clear. But I think they got into games, and, he, well, first of all, he made two huge mistakes. He named David Rye his offensive coordinator. Rye's never been a, a coordinator or a play caller. He got rid of him in fall camp after week one, which is a bad sign when you're going into your first year as a rookie coach and you're already firing your coordinator. Uh, So there's that, Um, you know, I I don't know. Usually when you see a team that was as bad as they were a year ago, just a coaching change alone is enough to get you a little bit of juice. It it really hasn't worked so far. I mean, they're as bad or worse than they were a year ago. Now, having said that they have won two games, which is two more than they won a year ago. Um, You know, and, you give them that okay uh they hung in long enough to win those games but they were colorado state uh and they were yukon which is frankly yukon and, and i think this really says it um taking nothing away from them for winning the game but i watched them play yukon last week which is probably by most people's opinion either they or umass is the worst team in the fcs that'll get settled in, in a couple weeks when those teams play i guess but um i thought yukon was stronger at the point of attack and and a little faster in space and um you know so having said all that yeah I see see I see some things with coaching that you'd like to see different but I look at the hand he was dealt and I like well really what was he going to do with that i mean when you're when you're slower and weaker than UConn, that's a little bit of an indictment what
2: about long term because I mean I, I, you know you're mentioning the coaches at Vanderbilt and obviously you know James Franklin kind of caught lightning in a bottle and uh, with, with Clark Leah if, if he can start to you know recruit and get some guys there he played at Vanderbilt um, yeah. back in the days when the fullback position was still a thing um, is he a guy that could stay there long term or you know do you have a couple good seasons beat Tennessee and, and you know somebody comes calling and you're out of there
5: I think he's long term I mean he's an alum as you mentioned his dad lives in town his parents do his dad is a medical doctor with a degree from Vanderbilt. Um, you know, he's highly regarded in Notre Dame when they lost him. Um, they, that's not a guy they wanted to lose. I think they were looking at him as maybe a replacement for Kelly down the line. Um, you know, whether that was warranted or not, I don't know. But I know he was highly regarded there. Look, he's, he's organized. The guy who recommended him for the job was Tim Corbin, who knows more about winning at Vanderbilt than anybody. And that means something to me. Um, but you saw when they got behind ETSU early, there's a little bit of the deer in the headlights look. And frankly, I don't think he expected them to come out and lose that game. I think they probably went in thinking, let's take care of business. As bad as it has gotten at Vanderbilt, they have never lost a game to an FCS team until the opener. So I I see some things that I like. I'm surprised it hasn't translated more into this year. Uh, He's a planner. He doesn't leave a lot to chance. That's good. He hired Barton Simmons who we know from the, the industry is a respected guy in terms of evaluating talent. So I think there's some things there that give him a chance. Uh, but the start in terms of just penalties, lack of imagination, things like that hasn't hasn't built a lot of confidence in the short term either.
0: Uh Chris, Derrick Mason was a defensive-minded guy, and, and that was the identity of v- Vanderbilt for a little while. What, what identity are you guys trying to be or, or this staff, regime, is, is trying to uh, make this Vanderbilt program? Yeah,
5: he's the defensive coach too, Corey. And, and I think defensive coaches generally tend to, from my experience, put the better talent on that side of the ball. So I would expect that's what he's going to do. That's what Derek Mason did a lot of times. Um, so I think that's that's one thing um yeah they want to run sort of a pro style offense in some ways and sometimes they'll say it's multiple you know you see a lot of three receiver sets I think they'd like to run the ball more than they do I think they'd like to be a little bit more old school but they lost their best running back uh a couple of weeks ago he's done for the season their backups are are smallish and and not you know jet fast and quick so that that's a little bit of an issue too I think what he'd like to do and what he can do are two different things. And again, I think you just you look back to the talent. You look at them; they're not SEC athletes across the field. Uh, and I just think that really hampers a lot of what you can do.
0: What's your uh, or or you think Vanderbilt's game plan? Then I mean, sometimes we do play down to talent. Uh, mm-hmm. What would be would be uh, Benny's strategy in trying to make this a football game?
5: Well, if this is a game that's closer than we think, it's got to be turnovers. I think you'd say that about any underdog. I think they need to come out with a plus crooked number, which they've not been good at doing. They've got to stay away from penalties, which I know Florida didn't do a good job of last week. Um, So that's two things. Uh, I think you got to get stops at the right time. Um, Be good on third downs. Those sorts of things. Be a little better in special teams than they've been. Look, that's a tall order. Um, Florida's always got speed. I don't think that they've really got an answer for that, but I think if we look back at this in a week and say it was closer than we thought, I think it would have been those little things that just involve discipline and execution.
2: Yeah. I think, yeah.
3: The
2: the things you mentioned also, is there a hangover from Kentucky? It's a noon game. Listen, I I know Florida's had some great crowds. Uh, I am not anticipating a great crowd Saturday uh, at noon for, for Vanderbilt. So maybe a, a lethargic Florida team comes out, and Vanderbilt can, uh, you know, muster up some belief by keeping it close. But I think what you've really mentioned about, uh, I mean, you've been covering Vanderbilt for a long time. That this is the slowest team you've seen. Florida, Florida's got speed um, mm-hmm. at the skill position spots, um, and, and you might it might just be a situation where uh, you Florida just has too much talent. It doesn't even matter, you know, what they do or or you know how lethargic they show up.
5: Well, you saw a little glimpse of that in the Georgia game, and I know they're they're a little different worlds. But Georgia's fast in space, right? And they were down thirty-five nothing, thirteen minutes in, uh, and they got the kickoff. By the way, um, now I don't think oh, Florida. No. Maybe you know Georgia. We're talking a national title caliber team, maybe the best in the country. And I know uh, you know offense to offense and defense to defense are a little bit different. But point is, you watch, turn on the film and watch what speed does to them. And I think you get a pretty good idea of, of what Florida is capable of doing if they are clicking on all the cylinders
1: uh, Chris what's um what's the future for Vanderbilt um, know that you you know just talked about Clark Lee and everything else um, you know I know that you you kind of mentioned where you potentially see their future uh, a lot of question marks on uh, you know Vanderbilt's commitment to football long term I mean is this a, a program that is just going to keep kind of cycling through coaches or, or do you ultimately ever see a, a way that Vanderbilt can get back to being competitive in the
5: sec? I think the hope with this one was that they don't go cycling through coaches. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, I don't think that finding the guy that is going to take the job and stay there necessarily is always the best long-term plan. Uh, but if it's close and, and you've got that argument, and again, I think he was going to have options probably sooner or later Then than you take that. Right. Um, mm-hmm. It's going to be a long-term rebuild. He does not really want to take transfers. He may have to rethink that in the offseason. Um, it's going to be a slow rebuild. They want their guys in. They're starting to play a lot more freshmen. Um, again, I, I see a lot of things that could work, but I wanted to see more in year one that I've seen. I think their secret is going to be, can they get under the radar kids in recruiting uh, and turn them into players, which Barton Simmons is, is – like if you're going to get a starting point, he's probably got to do that with. I think they hinge a lot on that, and but I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be two more years minimum before we see much in the way of results.
2: Well, good luck. You have to recruit against Dan Mullen to get those under the radar kids, because uh, at Florida, <laughs> you need to find those three star projects.
1: That was a good joke, Nick. Um, I, I, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm mean, a volume I mean, shooter. It's
2: mean, <laughs>
0: that's, that's <a> <laughs> not a joke. The my podcast life. is
2: down this week, Chris. I don't know. I don't know if you really <laughs> picked up on that. Yeah. It's down week for Corey and Dan.
5: You know, your down is a little different than mine. <laughs> that's... Yeah,
2: my expectations
0: are a little different than yours, too, Chris. Yeah, well, Chris, I, that's, Chris that's is like Bane. More.
2: Chris is like you adjusted to the darkness. I was born in it. <laughs> <laughs> that Nick, wrong, with
1: all the, Nick with all the uh, impressions today. Pop He's culture, Nick here yeah. you today. You're welcome. Nuts. He's like uh, Frank Caliendo on Stadium and Gale. And then we had a third guest today. Uh Chris, oh, um, let's let's talk Nashville a bit. Um oh, favorite, my city. favorite favorite bar. You don't have to stay on Broadway, Broadway but favorite bar in Nashville.
5: You're talking to the wrong guy. I'm married okay. and living in the suburbs and I I don't get out much. But no, uh right, perfect. So they are lose look, lose. look I'll, I'll let me put it this way. You That's can throw you a, rock a many point free. Right, yeah. Well you can you can throw a rock from campus and hit a lot of them.
2: So Mm -hmm. uh oh man. Dan and I have had some uh many cocktails in in Nashville.
0: So tell y'all you guys tell Chris where he should go in his city. How about that? I'm forgetting Um, one. There's (laughs) a
2: there's a there's a speakeasy I went to the Um, red phone booth. That one, yeah. Yeah. The red phone booth.
1: See Dan and I. My favorite part about the red phone booth, uh the company I work for, uh, Chris, is actually based out of Brentwood, so I go up to Nashville probably five, six times a year. Um, but uh, the red phone booth is always funny because you can take an Uber there, and the Uber drivers, unless they've been there before, have no idea what it is because it's like a warehouse that has like some random like phone booth that's painted red that you would think is in otherwise just a very inconspicuous place that you have to like dial a special phone number, and then there's it's entire probably. I don't know four or five thousand square foot bar behind it, but um, wow. every time an Uber driver takes you there, he's like, "This is where you want to go." Like it's some drug deal that's gonna, about to go bad. But.
5: Mm-hmm. Well, you know, our, our thing is hot chicken here. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. Which I'm not a I'm not a huge hot chicken fan, but I mean we we got that too. That's and that's the weird thing. Like the Nashville that I see now and the one that I grew up in. Yeah. Are, are two totally different cities, and it's it's like every time. Um, you drive downtown. It's like, there's something going up that wasn't there before. And it's, it's, um, it's been interesting.
1: Yeah. That new food court looks really cool that they just built. I, th-
2: I think the first time I went was like 2012. Um, mm. And a- even from nine years, completely different. It's like Nashville's mm. going through puberty and it's like becoming this
5: huge, massive city now. Well, what's interesting is it used to be when, when you would leave the city until 10 years ago and go somewhere else, uh, <laughs> would uh people would crack the the, the hayseed jokes uh and, and now it's like well no I, man that's a great place i was there a year ago would like to move there it's the, the way the image of the city has been remade is 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 really interesting
1: yeah it's a fun uh fun spot uh, bachelorette and bachelor party heaven um good food mm-hmm. um always tell people about the peg leg porker Oh, well, it's a place that I go to get barbecue every time that I'm there. But, uh, well, Chris, uh, I would be remiss if I did not ask you a score prediction for this uh, lovely Florida Gators homecoming weekend in which they're breaking out the retro uniforms. Um, what do you think the score for this game might be?
5: What, what's the line today, 38-39?
1: It was 38 yesterday with an over-under <laughs> of 63.5. I have not checked today.
5: Yeah, I, I worry about Vanderbilt being able to score enough to get to to 63 if if they hold Florida in the 40s. Um I mean I, I think uh you know, probably a a 48 to 7, 48 to 10 type game is probably what we're going to see. I just I don't think they have the speed to keep up. Um and and I'm a little concerned too with Florida being disappointed in in Lexington and and frankly missing out on the win that it should have had. I, I that's a lot of times the kind of game where a coach gets a team's attention. And I, I think if I'm Vanderbilt, I'm wishing Florida maybe was was coming off and winning Lexington instead of a loss. I just – I don't see anything in the game script that suggests uh, this one's going to be interesting very late. Uh, just, I, I don't think they can match Florida's speed, and I don't know what they can do about that. Mm.
1: You know, Chris, you make an interesting point. That might be the, the next segment uh, that we we'll talk about on our show. I don't know if Dan Mullen at his time in Florida after coming off a loss ever really – try to beat the pants off an opponent the next game. I we'll would have to to take a look, but uh, well Chris we definitely appreciate you coming on. It was a pleasure chat with you about uh, about Vanderbilt. We'll have you on next year or whenever you Oh, want we'll to have Chris anymore. on for baseball season. Baseball. We'll have Chris Hopefully. on for baseball. How's the baseball team looking?
5: Uh, I'm going to get to see them in a week or two in the fall scrimmage. I mean, th- they're going to be talented as always. They've got a couple of good starting pitchers, but it's not rocker and lighter. Um, so I'm interested to see if those guys step up. I think their lineup will r- be really good. No, they didn't hit much in Omaha last year, but they had a lot of guys banged up. Um, I-, I think they'll be about as talented one to nine, and that lineup is-, is about anybody in the country. So it'll be interesting. I always feel like I know a lot more after fall scrimmages, uh, we haven't had those yet, but uh, man, that Florida-Vandy rivalry—I uh, I think that's about as good a baseball rivalry, maybe, uh, unless you really follow those programs closely. I don't know if people realize nationally how good a rivalry that is, but those teams, I feel like every year, that are at each other's throats, and that's one of the most fun series of baseball I'll watch all season.
2: What did um what what happened to Kumar? Did he not go back to school after not signing? No.
5: I think he's going independent ball. And, and the craziest thing is that is the most closely guarded secret. I don't think anybody knows the truth of what happened no. with that. Um, what Whatever you hear that leaks out, there's not a lot to it. So um, I, I think the Mets were kind of silly not to sign him. And, I mean, $6 million for a guy that could have that kind of future. I mean, you you look at the free agent contracts mm-hmm. these guys sign, um, and that's chicken feet. I, I didn't understand yeah. it. Um, but. Life goes on.
1: Yeah. I mean, that's the same program that's been paying Bobby Bonilla, you know, a million dollars a year for 25 <laughs> that's years. That's only six so. years of Bobby Bonilla's <laughs> salary.
2: You, know, you, can, you can sign yeah. that for Kamar. Yeah.
1: Maybe if they didn't bet it all with Bertie off. You know what? I'm just going to stop there. Chris, thanks so much for, for coming on and, and coming on to Stadium Game. We'll have you on during baseball season, maybe during basketball season uh, as well. So thank you so much. Enjoy Nashville. We'll talk
5: soon. You bet. Thanks for having me. Awesome. Thanks, Chris. All right, so that that's like, the, all the, the
1: YouTube fans are going to be in for a fun uh, two seconds to try to figure out what the hell I just did. Um, all right, boys, uh, I, I think, you know, we have a pretty good idea that uh, Vanderbilt's just not very good. Um, obviously, we had a couple interruptions along the way. Um, did want to talk a little bit more about the end of that Kentucky game. I know we just talked about it. I'm still going to get a I couple so things. so many more won't. takes, man. Yeah, but go ahead. ahead. It, Bro, it listen, well, no, so. that, that's, that's what I want to do is I want to uh, give, uh, you know, like they do uh, in Congress or, uh, you know, the United States Senate, give you the floor, you know, give you the floor for what you want to talk about or what you want to get off your chest.
0: Oh, man. I mean, give me so the big much. screen. Yeah. yeah it's, so, it's just so much like. Energy wise, leadership wise, just question. I don't want no big screen. Don't give like a <laughs> close and personal myself. I'm not looking at myself talk. That's weird. Um, the listeners don't know what I'm talking about, but YouTube people do. Um, yeah, bro. I just think it's a lot, bro. Energy wise, like we came out flat. I feel like we matched the intensity of our coach a little bit there. Uh, the play calling was flat. Uh, the team got flat. Uh, There's a couple drives. The defense gave us some opportunities. I, I thought they played with a little bit more energy than the offense did. Uh, I do not want to see Justin Shorter catch another bubble screen. Mm -hmm. I could go the rest of my life without ever seeing it again. It's like scratching a chalkboard at this point, watching somebody that big catch a bubble screen and do nothing with it. I can take a little break right there. I just want to just give it a moment and let that simmer in. Yeah, Nick's Nick's talking to himself again. Yeah.
2: I feel like they're trying to put him into the Trayvon Grimes bubble um, Mm -hmm. because they had him – blocking for those screens and he wasn't blocking like Grimes and he isn't hard to bring down like Grimes, but they're trying yeah. to throw it to him if they did for him. I think well, he's not as fast to, as
1: Grimes either.
2: Well, you know, there's uh there's that as well.
1: <laughs> so um, the, the
2: three most important things that are make that play work. I think yeah. he has more drops than Grimes too. Um, I don't know if we add that into the equation, um, but anyway, I think they're just trying to like plug and play like, Hey, we had this guy in this role. Can you do that? Yeah, sure. Coach. All right, we'll go out there and we'll just keep trying it. But, I'm with you, Silk. I'm, I'm all right on that. Um,
0: this is a lack of imagination, too. Like, I'm not seeing any imagination in the offense. Uh, not a lot of jet screens. I do think we got some people that can do some of that stuff. We're just not seeing it.
1: Yeah, I'm um, not seeing. So, obviously, Emery Jones either will never be or certainly is not right now the guy that's going to go vertical on you. So, I'm very, very interested to see why they haven't tried to get the ball in a guy like Jacob Copeland's hands a little bit more. Um, don't even get me started. I completely forgot that we haven't talked about the fourth down play at the end of the game uh, that made no sense to me. Um, but why you haven't? That been, whole
0: series going down the fourth like that, the, the play the gamble made no sense. Yeah, um, um, and I'm not I'm not not saying I'm X and O guru or anything like that. But that play the gamble to the short side of the field um, just made no sense to me. Um, mm-hmm. Just like. I- That one play he scores. um, Mm -hmm. He's got outside of his base a little bit. He got to play his feet better and make that guy miss and make a big boy play. But it just didn't come down to that play. That was just one of the many plays that we just didn't take advantage of. Um, Just like I I was just like disappointed and and embarrassed to lose the way that we lost, bro. Uh, We didn't. We didn't. I don't think those kids were put in a position uh, mentally because this game isn't just a physical game uh, and just calling plays. That team didn't look like it was mentally in that game to be an inferior opponent. Mm-hmm. Um, they looked a little clocked out.
1: Yeah, I would I would agree with that. I, I don't think at any time, you know, the the first what was it the second drive that they scored the touchdown on? Because um, the first drive they they marched down field but had to had to punt. Um, you know, that second drive when they scored, they were humming. Everything was kind of working. Everything was kind of clicking. Uh, but from that point forward, I don't know what changed. I don't know what happened to their confidence. But they looked like a, a completely different team. But, you know, I want to give credit to Jaquavion Frazier. You know, that was a, a hustle play to get that touchdown in the first of his uh, Gator career. Um, but the play calling never really did make sense. The reads never made sense. Um, you know, I've I've kind of pushed back on some of the commentary that, that Emory Jones really locked into uh, a lot of his wide receivers. Uh, but in this game, I think that he did. Uh, you know, this was a game where he didn't seem very comfortable. You know, his first true road game uh, where there's not a favorable crowd in a situation where it matters. And he looked rattled and he looked like he, you know, maybe some of the progressions that he had made over the you know, the couple games before he, you know, fell back. So it definitely wasn't a game where I feel. I wish he looked right development. He looked
0: just chill the entire game. Um, to be to be honest, like his demeanor to me never changed. But like,
1: I don't it, think his demeanor's ever changed. Yeah, right? like yeah, and yeah, no, yeah. I mean, I'm just like any like in his career at UF. Like, I mean, he'll celebrate a touchdown, but I, I think his demeanor is always pretty much the same. Um,
0: yeah, and this team needs some, I think, verbal leadership on the offense offensive yeah. side. Uh, I think when, when guys are – I'm not saying he's right or wrong in his demeanor how he carry himself, but I do think if, if offensive linemen can't get it together, um, Tebow ain't mm-hmm. chilling. Um, right. Even Chris Leak ain't chilling to that degree. Like, you got to you gotta be able to snap and, get, and show that leadership and get some guys in order uh, and just rally the team. I don't know who on the offense – I'm looking at the sideline. Yeah. The body language. I'm looking at the sideline. Yo, who who is that guy? I was just about to ask that
1: question. Yeah. I don't know Who's when Florida, I don't know when the last time Florida's obviously had some some good offensive production
2: years under Dan Mullen, but um you know I'm thinking um, you're um I, I don't know who that was. And I think some of Felipe's starting over Kyle was that that Felipe was that guy for a lot of the offensive players. He was that um the guy that they felt comfortable with that that would be vocal. Um that that would go out and say, you know, be not just a leader on the field, uh, but off the field, talking guys up, stuff like that. Um
0: but even with so Kyle, Cal was rah-rah. Like when Kyle got into his zone, bro, like mm-hmm. he he got you seen emotions on the sideline. Like it he, took
2: it took a little while. Like it didn't happen in 2019, but like last year, 2020, he started feeling himself a little bit. And I think he kind of grew into that, that so.
0: I, I didn't watch the film. I got to do my film study on his sideline celebration. Yeah.
2: Okay. That'll be next week. Next week's episode.
0: Yeah. I'm, I mean, I
1: think that that's, that's something that that's missing that when the going gets tough, you know, the tough aren't getting going. Right. So, you know, Florida got down on themselves. Um, when the, when the penalties were happening, it was just, it was tough. I don't
0: know. I think we gave, uh, sometimes you give your flowers out too soon. Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Make sure you got your flowers. I think we got flowers to heavy See a little too soon. Oh. We did. Mm-hmm. This unit was not on, on beat this past week. Um, well, Blocking wide, I, I, they were a disaster Um, with, with, with the protection and in the run game. I just thought – here's another opinion of mine. I think we could just run straight at a lot of people and, and not do all this cute pulling sometimes. Uh, I, I think, like, with our running back, we should be able to run between – not running back, but our quarterback with 15 on the sideline, we should be able to run between tackles, not in a nimble way, but in a power way. We had Tim Tebow. I think we need to play some powerball. We're not explosive down the field. So, why are we dropping this guy back to pass that much to go dink it four or five yards? If we're going to be a run team and run game is really our strong suit, like mix up that that, that running game with the quarterback. Uh, the advantage is when you're running forward with the quarterback because you got a numbers advantage, mm-hmm. right? So, let's lay on some people, not get cute trying to run outside the pocket. Um, Tim Tebow and his rocker step was so effective. We missed a, a rocker step too. That was wide ass open, mm-hmm. uh, just because of protection and some other things. But that that play is effective when we can run the ball. I think I just thought we could have did that a lot more this past game. Well, man. well here's the thing: chill and, out and with the rocker step. If you're not taking,
2: chill out with the rocker step. If you're not taking shots downfield, then what are you doing with that? Like you're gonna take a rocker step and then throw you know a, a three yard drag? Like what are we doing here? That, you know, when Tebow hit that I don't gonna I think
0: t, Tebow rocket step is just a lean forward and get the business. That was just a cool, calm, collected rocket step that took a little bit too much time and then got him hit because the lineman lineman not holding up the pressure. But I just think he, t- he took too much time on that rocket step, bro. Yeah, man. he
1: did. I, I want to evaluate that a little bit more. Uh Pro Football Focus rated this Gators game the worst offensive line performance since the South Carolina game last year uh, just as a whole, which is not good. Um, I don't know if you guys remember that South Carolina game, but that was bad. Uh, Gave up a bunch uh, when it came to, to hurries. They gave up, uh, let's see, eight pressures, five hurries, three QB hits. Gene Delance gives up, you know, three pressures, two hits, uh, but just doesn't look good. They had a lot of issues. Um, You know, I, I, I don't know. They just, they, they really struggled. And I don't know that was, that was a rattling struggle. Right, there was something that mm-hmm. rattled them in Kentucky. Nick, I know that you had talked about how excited they were before that game uh, when we chatted, and, and obviously the game sounded loud even on TV, but but they just didn't look like they were they are mentally there and mentally with it as if they just thought that they could just you know waltz right in, which is you know w- it, what it, I thought was that
2: it wasn't the it's it's not the crowd. I mean, it's a yeah, it's a it's a cool stadium. It, it is really a cool stadium when you're walking up to it if you've never been. It's a cool stadium mm-hmm. being in there. Um, cool atmosphere. Um, but it's 60,000 people, dude. Yeah, like, that's that's not you know making you shake in your boots. Like, you're probably not even you probably could have gotten away with having the headset and just calling plays in, like it's not that loud. Um, and, and Tate Casey, who was down the field, told me, Yeah, no, it was it was a pretty good environment, but like it's not like playing in Death Valley in 2019, it's not like having to play. You know, when your opponent's playing the swamp, like Alabama, well, some, faced,
0: some was up with all the false starts. Like, was, I, I,
2: maybe it's know. on, maybe it's on Emory. You're doing, you're doing this clap count. Um, I remember back when, uh, when the pounces were, were at Florida, Hevesy would have, and, and a lot of teams do it. It's not just like a, a John Hevesy thing. You have the right guard literally looking over his shoulder, and the quarterback would give him a nod, right guard or left guard, and then they would turn around and they would tap the center. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like a true silent count. In the center would go like, one Mississippi, two Mississippi, and then hike the ball. Um, you know, c- clearly when when your quarterback is clapping for the ball, and then four claps later the ball's not there. Like, hey, we got we got to change something. And it, mm-hmm. it happened three times in the first half. You should have made adjustments at halftime. You let it happen five more times. Um, you know, three three of those five were in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, with false starts, so.
0: No adjustments were made,
2: and and I've sat here how many times on this podcast and no credited them for man. making adjustments. I just adjustments.
0: want to be a bug or roaching on the sidelines or fly <laughs> on the wall, whatever bug you want to put in the room. I want to be there to just, as like, see that the offensive line coach ain't saying anything, the head coach ain't saying anything, the quarterback, the offensive line. Nobody said, yo, maybe we need to switch something up if we want to win this football game. We're making too many mistakes. I just thought, like, like it's, it was an obvious uh, hiccup in the offense, right? Mm-hmm and yeah. I, 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 There was no urgency to try to get it fixed. There was no urgency in any phase of the football game. Special teams. We need to learn the damn plays, the, the rules, like the phrase, not phrase, the Western shit that that when he mm-hmm. when, when he touched the ball and rolled out of bounds, that was wild to me because he had no idea that that was a thing. Uh, and then even the, the, this special teams, this pass game, it's just a goof show. Right. Well,
1: they had that false start on the was it the left guard touching the uh, the center for being ready, you know, and didn't get what he yeah. said. And uh, I know Nick, you, you, uh, you mentioned that, um, but just all in all, just, everybody kind of seemed rattled. Um, the whole, the whole game was weird, right? I mean, there were some weird penalties that were called and not called. Um, and one of the things that we haven't even talked about so far is, is Anthony Richardson. I thought that his, coming in was weird. I also didn't think that he looked as good as certainly as he did um, against FAU and USF, which, you know, I don't want to say is an indictment or not, but even, even when he passed the ball, didn't necessarily look great. So um, thoughts on Anthony Richardson and, you did, know, kind of where do you go from there?
2: Did I thought he looked, I think he only played like six plays, but I thought yeah. on a couple of those runs, he looked um, 10. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe he was hurt.
0: Nah, I don't. I don't think it's a hurt thing. Uh, I don't want to he... get into like my takes of his opinion. Like, when, I just think the kid can... needs. He should have been playing more, uh, even if it was a few step uh, a snaps. It just when he's coming into, there's no rhythm to it. Um, Dan yeah. Mullen is this two quarterback system. I've seen quarterbacks run a two quarterback system. Uh, maybe he figured out the one with Tebow and Leak, but I, it didn't look good with Emory and Trash last year, and don't look good mm. right now. Him trying to figure out the rotation of both guys, Um uh, he was... don't trust neither at this point.
1: Was he out, uh, so, uh, either one of you, was it was when he got hit in the head the last or uh, hit near the head his last play of the game?
2: No, he was fine. No, I know, but
1: was that his last play of the game?
2: Um, I'd have to go back and look. Because I thought that that happened in the
1: second half, and I think that was his last play of the game. Not saying that he was, like, injured um, from that, but.
2: I'm on my desktop. I, I, have my, I have, like, all those, like, notes and stuff. I might yeah. be his last play.
1: I think it was his last play. I was, I was interested. I don't think that he played. I, I don't know if he was put in as good of a position to be successful. Um, I don't know if he's still injured. I don't know if he's nursing. I don't know what it is. But the two quarterback system does not work with Dan Mullen at Florida.
3: Here.
2: It doesn't make sense to me. Um, well, I think, I think so. I think that's what was said. Like, yeah. When, when he was the OC with League and Tebow, you knew when Tebow was coming in. You could just, like, be listening to Mick Huber and be like, all right, well, it's third and one. You're like, all right, well, Tim yeah, Tebow's coming in.
0: Because Urban like, Meyer was in charge,
2: probably. <laughs> Urban wasn't in charge of anything over the weekend. Um, That's but, a fact.
0: Um, all, I got a good joke, but I'm not going to say it. But yeah, yeah I think I think a lot of that because Dan M- Dan Mullen is not like Urban Meyer. He's nothing like him. Urban Meyer is the guy kind of guy like he if he sees something work, he just gonna keep dumb it down. Let's just do that because it works mm-hmm. uh, and it makes sense. Like he's not cater to feelings. Um, a lot of things like even when we get down to the ten, I think just a bigger quarterback and going straight at people just makes more sense. But I know you want to talk about the running backs, Nick. Um, what, what's your take here? I know Damien Pierce more carries. What else you got? I use wow. your starter. Um, I just don't he still understand. should have got the ball down the stretch, especially at the mm-hmm. goal line. He got. He's been having that, a that's knack the, that's the big one zone. to me.
2: Malik, but. why is Malik Davis true? And Malik's having a, his, probably his best year since you yes. know his first four games. No, it's as his a best freshman. year period. Why yeah. is that your Why is that your goal line back? And, I think
1: it might be because they feel like they can do more with him, like in terms of like catching the ball out of the back, backfield and stuff like point. I think Damian Pierce has shown you enough that he can do that. That that.
0: He right. deserves
1: it. Then Naquan writes them the ball a ball lot. Ball of People too. and
0: then Naquan's well, catching slants. No, so. no,
1: that's what I'm saying. Is like, I, yeah, give Malik Davis. You're between the between the 20s, right? But but outside of that, Damian Pierce
2: ran hard. He played really well. He was your best running back by far. In front. okay. Well, whatever you whatever they think is their best option down in the red zone is not working because Florida's 13th in the SEC in, in red zone offense. So, which is crazy when when it's, when it's right one, when it's when it's running, you know, when you've got a two hundred and forty pound quarterback, and, and you, instead you're running a hundred and ninety quarterback between the tackles uh, against a nine man box, um, or when you're not putting your your best running back and the guy who came out in the first quarter running like his hair was on fire, and, and he gets the same amount of carries um, as as the other running back, and and less than your quarterback, I don't understand. You know, Listen, I, Dan Mullen keeps saying that Greg Knox uh, handles the running back rotation. I'd walk over and be like, hey, homie, I'm, I'm going to take this game and we're going to see what it looks like when I handle the running back rotation. And when Damian Pierce is breaking off runs of five, six, seven, seven yards, 16-yard long on Saturday, he's probably going to get 20 carries. And we're going to see what happens then.
1: Well, it's going to be interesting to see it because the Gator running backs only got 20 carries compared to uh quarterbacks getting 18. Pardon me, eighteen. So I don't know where you're going to get those
2: carries from, but like I told you in our preseason predictions, Emory Jones is going to lead this team in rushing. That's a wild prediction. Nick. It's not a wild prediction. He's leading the team in rushing currently. I know. I'm just. I had to say what I had to say. You're <laughs> standing the pain. Spending <laughs> silks money
0: these days. I still got the field. Hey man, I'm not mad at the money I spent, bro. I'm just mad at that time. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You're mad at who you spent the money on. I get it. Right, right, right. I didn't. I didn't lie. Like Nick said, yeah. I didn't lie. I told yeah. the
0: truth. Yeah. I, I know. I know the team that we have, bro. But what they put out there on Saturday is not the team I lied about. Like I don't know what that was. He put out there Saturday.
1: Mm. All right, boys. Well, any more final Kentucky thoughts? Um, hopefully, we'll be able to leave this one behind and still finish. Yeah, I mean, stay in the down show. then
0: because for these players, man. Um, yeah. this is my that's my thing to the fans. Uh, it, it's frustrating to have a like uh, the leadership in the coaches and i know we we're frustrated with a lot of the, 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 the at the top of things but uh stay down them for these players man they still they still here to play football they're gonna battle each and every week i know these guys still want to win uh, they wasn't smiling after the game so uh cheer, cheer for the players you know what i'm saying yeah. um i don't have time to cry about these coaches they're gonna figure things out in the off season we'll see who get fired who don't And then we decide to care after that. If they make changes, then we'll we'll decide they care. But if not, (laughs) chill for these guys, man. That's all I'm there for. That's, that's yeah. what
1: I mean, that's, that's what, I mean, sorry, Nate to cut you off. I just want to echo what Silks said. I mean, as a, as a UF grad, I mean, there's nothing that makes me prouder than the, to cheer for the guys that are, are wearing the Jersey. That's who I cheer for. I don't care who the coach is I'm not saying that I don't want it to be a guy that I like or, or a guy that I support, but at the end of the day, it's, it's these 85 scholarship players plus, you know, the walk-ons and, and everybody else that makes the, the team work. So, so cheer those guys on. If you can make it to Vanderbilt this weekend, Go to the game. If you can support them with the NIL stuff and the Gator Collective or whatever you might be able to do, please continue to do that. Don't let your apathy of the coach move down to apathy towards the program or to the players because they deserve
2: it. Sorry, Nick. Go ahead. Yeah, and I don't want to tell people how to feel. Like, you can be mad and stuff, but, like, football season's short, man. Like, you you get three and a half, four months – a, a football season and, and you're going to tell me like, yo, I'm checked out. I don't care. After, after five games, I'm like, a lot, 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 lot of games left. And I know in March when, when y'all are yelling about Mike White that I'll wish it was football season. Um, no, but and, like and that, my that care,
0: weekend. my caring like draws back a little bit. Like I'm like, I can't be on, on, on the social apps complaining about a coach for weeks at a time. That's, that's my thing. Like, our tweets aren't going to change anything. Our negative posts ain't going to change anything. Um, the players that see us, they may affect them a little bit, but outside of that, like, what, what are we going to change about complaining about these coaches? And I think we should complain, but it's got to be healthy shit, and then move on to the next week, next game, and people can fan however they want to fan. But that's just my yeah. my my shit. That's what I do. I'm um, just I like, like to move on because to me, like to be like check out to a smile football like season.
2: That. Check out a football season, like. In the in the second week of October, I love football season. I'll watch. You no, know, I cherish this. Mac on Thursday, like when the when the national championships over, like there's like a like a depression sets in. Like a man, I think. Like, so for me, you're lucky you
0: got forty of these left, right? Forty yeah. more falls if you're lucky. That's, 40, that's the forty.
2: The way the way Dan and I were living when he was in Gainesville, but there, we didn't not 40 more falls.
0: Yeah, give me up
1: to maybe age forty. So.
2: <laughs> hey, I'll
1: no, be- I ain't talking
0: about going to the games. I'm talking about like,
2: no, like yeah, I no, like, no, neither I, are I, we. I'm just yeah. talking about being alive, six feet above ground, five yeah, eleven on a good day.
0: Dan, you live in some wild benders. If you think you're only gonna get to forty, fam. Yeah, no, I was down. just I was
2: just joking
0: <laughs> with you guys. Yeah, you guys slow
2: down. <laughs> Dan, the Dan benders have been. Uh, logged and libraried and, and, and by the way, shout out to, uh, St. Miguel
1: listener, Sam Rose, who, uh, was at, uh, was at the patio. Shared a shot together. At the patio.
0: Yes. <laughs> oh, like anyway. Uh, uh-huh.
1: yeah, I go one time and all of a sudden it's like my cheers, <laughs> you know? <laughs> all right, boys. Well, let's get into, uh, our, uh, over under segment of the show or the buyer segment to? of the show.
0: Yeah. Come on, nah, you got you got
2: money to
1: I'm blow. No,
0: nah, I ain't got nothing to blow. I'm only EBT now. What we got?
1: This <laughs> sucks. Waiting for his uh, paycheck to cash. All
2: right, mm, so man. give a at <laughs> the cash at the check advance store.
1: That's right. That's right. Um, shout out Am Scott Financial, one of my clients. Anyway. Um, Uh, Go visit prizepicks.com. Use promo code SG. Get a dollar for dollar match all the way up to 100 bucks when you register to daily fantasy with prizepicks.com. Perhaps you think that Emery Jones is going to throw for 250 yards and Damian Pierce might get 100 yards on the ground. You can bet that there. Uh, they are going to set the lines at the beginning of the week. You get to decide if they're going to go over or under. Feel free to mix sports. Do whatever you want for daily fantasy at prizepicks.com. Use promo code SG for a dollar for dollar match all the way up to $100. All right, boys, I'm going to make these up as, uh, as we go here because I wasn't totally prepared for this. So buy or sell, the Gators end up the season 9.5 and, and 2.5 and or better. What? What nine nine and a half. So the Gators go ten and two or better.
2: Yeah, the Gators are not here, let me no. let me let
1: me change that. Sorry. No. The Gators get ten wins in the entire season, including the bowl game.
2: No. So they're gonna go eight and four regular season. And then who knows if they do another cotton bowl stinker at the uh Dan Thompson yeah. Mayo Bowl.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, I don't know what what, what games Dan Muller's gonna care about, so I'm gonna sell it.
2: Oh no, Silk! Wow, Silk!
0: The fan base has lost <laughs> Silk.
2: Silk. Someone check on Silk.
1: Silk got beat down. I want to be happy. I want to
0: smile too. So I just gotta, you know, protect my happiness. Ugh. So I'm gonna sell it.
1: Silk, I have some ideas for you how to protect that happiness. I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna say,
2: I'll buy. I'll buy. I. Dan doesn't want to. He's just like, doesn't want to go with everyone else. You
0: went from Dan. you You're supposed to be the most trusted the Dan game. on, the, on in the, in the, the fan That's base. Right. I don't know most if you trusted are. trusted
3: and
1: well-liked Dan right now. Uh, that'll change, um, by, uh, by the weekend, I'm sure. But, uh, I'll buy And I'll tell you this. I think that Florida is going to probably lose to Georgia. Um, But I don't necessarily see another loss on the Gator schedule if they go in prepared. Now, that's a lot to say. uh, But Florida did lose their one fluky game of the season, which they've lost every year
2: since. They skipped it in. uh, Urban Meyer? They skipped it in 19. They didn't have a fluky loss in 19. No? No.
1: Well, they lost to LSU. That was fantastic and then they lost to Georgia. They know that that loss to Georgia wasn't fluky, but that was just a a really crappy performance.
2: Like, they just weren't
1: firing on any cylinder. They
2: weren't favored. So, I mean, it wasn't like a... No, but that's a game that they should have won and could
5: have won. Fam, Not it was, have, it could was, have won. Fam, Listen, Whatever, it was two
0: minutes. Fine. It was two minutes on the clock. We had three timeouts. Oh, so is so, so, <laughs> so, 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 so
5: so like here
1: we, it's like there's we
0: I can't believe so, that two happened. minutes
1: left. Silk has, has
2: U turned from buy or sell, and he's back on the couch. You know, like, it was first five
0: me.
1: at the end of the game. Our first and goal on the five-yard line at the end of the game, and they ended up going for it on fourth down further away from the five-yard line. At the end of the game,
2: that's nuts.
0: I'm at All the right. five. I'm thinking, yo, just just let 15 run straight ahead four times.
2: Tell me you guys didn't we, have the same support. thought. Tell I me promise. you didn't have the same thought in the fourth quarter um, before the field goal. The How – or before the – before those last score – How does Kentucky blow this game? Because you've seen it so many times. You've you've seen Kentucky not cover, not cover Tyree, not cover Freddie. um, Like find a way to lose. You know. So,
1: so there was two Kentucky or three Kentucky. I just didn't feel good.
0: Even like going into like before, real quick. Even if we were going into overtime, I didn't feel good about winning that. Even if we win, I was just like, bro. I don't even know if I trust Emory right now. The way he's playing, what his offense playing in a condensed field. Uh, we were one of the worst teams in the SEC and red on offense. Mm-hmm. So I didn't I didn't feel comfortable about us winning that game in overtime. Yeah,
1: I, I thought that if Florida scored that touchdown, it would have taken the win out of Kentucky sales that Florida could have probably won in overtime because I didn't see Kentucky scoring on offense. Um, you know, Florida was able to contain them pretty much, you know, all game on offense. And even though they were able to get some chunk yards, I thought that Florida on a short field had a potential to hold them or limit their ability to to score a touchdown but Flora might lock their way into one, especially with some momentum. So, you know, I told the three Kentucky fans that were behind me that we became friends with. It uh, might have happened
0: if you didn't defy and piss off the football guys with leaving two minutes on the clock and three timeouts. <laughs> <laughs> you might have would have got that win, but you oh pissed some people gosh.
1: off. You sure did. All right. So, uh, so you guys sell and sell that the Gators are going to get 10 wins on the season. Uh and I buy. Shout out to
2: Ben. Um and shout out to Ben for doing TikToks. Um wait, is is Ben Ben's having a bad day? Ben, well, I think, I, is eating a banana, eat a banana with banana a peel on thing, it yeah. and washing it down with mayonnaise coffee.
1: Bro, that is the, the most disgusting
2: thing that I've ever heard in my life. Uh, he lost a bet, I think. Or, no, no, or, I think or he, he made at, himself. He, he, yeah, he he said if if Florida loses to Kentucky um, he would do it, and he's bro, who makes work.
1: bets with themselves? Ben, you're an awesome I mean, guy. Joey, he stopped <laughs> doing... Joey made a bet
0: they to eat. Shit. Remember that one? That. What?
1: Oh, he still never has, huh? No,
0: nah, I don't think anybody would do that for real. Of course, he can't live up to that bet. You gotta watch on that one. Um, but I'm waiting to see this video of him eating a banana and washing it down with mayonnaise coffee. That sounds like quite the, the, the uh dish. Do you think
1: he does that like actually, or is it just for attention? Just because, like, that's who we are.
0: Oh, he already did it, Kim's in.
1: Well, no, I mean, but like, Will Levis. Do you think he actually eats a banana with the peel on? It? Do you think he actually puts mayo in his coffee?
0: Somebody does that. Like, who
1: does that for the first time. Yeah, that's that's who. That's why he said he did it. Because that the Kentucky quarterback does it.
0: We lost to a guy that eats banana peels and mayonnaise coffee.
1: Yeah, sure, yeah, sure did. We sure did. We got to find somebody. <laughs>
3: He he so yeah. don't
1: care. Yeah. <laughs> that's <laughs> enough stipulations for soak to break out the old uh, the old cash out check um <laughs> all right buy or sell that the gators get 200 300 yards rushing against kentucky or
5: against vanderbilt pardon me that's a lot uh bye i'll buy it <laughs>
0: Yes,
1: yeah, scored so on the season's 400, oh.
0: 363, sixty three, two forty four,
4: two eighty three, and then one seventy one. We can't have nice things. I'm selling it. Those was
1: our first game. was first oh. game since Tennessee last year that they didn't average at least. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, against Alabama too. Um, first regular season game since Tennessee that they didn't average uh, at least five yards of carry. Um, I'm going to buy. I think Vanderbilt is terrible, um, just absolutely atrocious. Uh, as a team um all right boys i want to i want to get morale. i want to get this um and i just want to make sure before i do this that that i have my numbers um correct uh right now yeah right now zach carter has five and a half five and a half sacks his sack record i believe it's 13 and a half am i correct nick uh Florida sack yeah. record. Yeah.
2: It's either 13 or 13 and a half. That's we'll just
1: say we'll say 13 and a half. Buy or sell, Zach Carter gets 13 and a half
0: sacks on the season. I'm selling that. that's a lot. Yeah.
2: I mean, he's on his he's on his he's way. He's on pace. He's on pace. You've got terrible Vandy, terrible <laughs> Missouri. Terrible, terrible South forest, Carolina, forest terrible state. Florida State, terrible Sanford. Like, let me, let me buy on my dog Zach. Shout out yeah, to Zach selling the uh, Sack oh, yeah, t-shirts. I, I should, I should trademark that.
0: Yeah, no. It's gonna be all funny games to Dan damn mother resting like two easy games just because he needs like
2: he did have a hangnail, you know, right? Probably gotta sit out.
1: I just want to see it. I think that Zach Carter, I, Javon Curse is one of my favorite Gators of all time, but it'd be cool to see Zach Carter, who you know took a, you know if this is no slight at him, took a while for him to, to really register in, into the Gator that he is now, and to be able to do and see um, him set a record like that would be really cool as a, a six year senior. So um, is it six year or fifth year, whatever it is, his a, a redshirt senior year uh, would be really cool to to see him do that. So I, I'll buy that one. Um, let's get a score prediction, an offensive MVP and a defensive MVP. Uh, Silk, we'll start with you with a score prediction.
0: Uh nail-biter, 21-10.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, no. Ah, uh, Silk, Silk, Whoa. Silk,
0: buddy. the vibes, bro. Eat- smiling, leaving the field. He, he went halftime with two minutes on the clock and three <laughs> timeouts, bro. I'm not, like, feeling it, man. Yeah, This is, like, egregious football. Like I watched a lot of coaches come in. I don't care how smart y'all say he is. I watched a lot of coaches come in here and know that you got to go get points right there. Yep. Like that's crazy to me.
2: Bro, oh, hashtag save silk. What's happening? What's happening here?
0: Twenty-one right. ten. What do you got, Nick? What are you? <laughs> My Dude, Lord. The punter the punter, got it in his thing. The punter was doing his thing. The punter and the defense kept us in the ball game. Shout out to them boys, man. A bunch of booming onions, right, Nick? Oh, the booming onions!
2: Oh man, his mom. I tweeted something about him, and his mom tweeted at me in some Australian slang that I had to like look up in an Australian urban dictionary. Um, but I felt Australian like I had a Australian
0: Urban dictionary.
2: I just made that. There right.
0: is no such thing.
2: I'm just trying. I'm just trying to make you feel better, Corey. I, I, <laughs> you got me worried about what's happening over there right now. No, you should
0: be worried about the two minutes and three timeouts. I'm fine. I, I'm That's not, the real concern.
2: I'm just I'm just waiting for in-person interviews to happen again. Like he got a veteran
0: quarterback that he don't trust, and then a phenom that's sitting behind him that he won't play. That's egregious in the football world. Like something's wrong with all of that. <laughs> don't look at me like I'm stupid. 2110? Was that
2: 2110 Vandy or 2110 Florida?
0: Oh no, we're winning the game. I'm not okay. I'm not insane. I still love my guys, but you know, we got conservative Dan. He may just want to keep it close with Vandy. Highs and go plays with Georgia,
2: forty-five-three Florida. Mm. I'm gonna go Chris for... Chris Lee did say they have a good kicker, right?
0: I don't you know. Think, who kicker is. for this game. Forty-five is a lot. Was 45-3. he not on their team last year?
2: Uh, no, that was the 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 girl. The right, soccer that's player. why I'm asking. I can't I mean, remember so her name. The
1: girl. I'm just asking because she had to join the team and all. Not yeah. her.
2: Yeah, I think they. I think they. I don't know. Who knows? It's fancy. Forty-five-three. Yeah, uh, no, I line, Did you say like Chris Leakes had, had a ago. good kicker? Chris Lee, Chris Lee, uh, the Chris guest Lee. that we had uh, on. Sorry. Yes. Yes.
1: sorry, I, I think we've we've said Chris Leek's name more this podcast than Chris Lee's name. Sorry, uh, mm. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go 48
2: to three. I feel like you are playing the Price is Right with me there. No,
1: I'm gonna go 43. To, <laughs> I'm, gonna go 43 to, I'm gonna go 43 to 10. I think that uh, we give up a, a goofy touchdown, 48 to 10. All right. Silk so, offensive MVP.
0: Let me go Damian Pierce, man. Just uh-huh. keep it simple, plain. Damian Pierce. King, Nick. I wouldn't call a wide receiver if I were you, Nick. Yeah.
2: Um, it's gonna be Emory Jones. Gonna lead mm-hmm. the team in rushing, passing, getting in the end zone three, four times.
0: Bro, we turn into Navy and Army.
2: I mean, I mean, that's listen. Dan's gonna go out there. Embry's gonna be faster than everyone on defense. He's gonna run the ball 15 times. Damian Pierce is gonna get four carries. Um,
1: bro, I'm not gonna lie. I don't, like, six. I don't like watching offenses like that. Like, no. yeah, I mean, that's that's, no. that's what you're gonna you say, know, like dude. I don't I don't want my my quarterback to get 18 rushes and my my running backs to get 20. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just like I like it no, man, I it's like Bush League fine. football
0: I don't want to see, bro. I don't want don't see that style. I mean, if, I run it, if my quarterback's explosive doing it, then cool. But if we just three yard in the cloud of dusting for these little scamper plays, trying to move the sticks, nothing explosive, nothing Nothing drawn up, like, I don't know, bro. It's just like no imagination to none of that.
1: Right. Wasn't well, stretching
0: think- the football field. Like, we play in a box. You made the defense, like, job easy. Never had, it, at well, no point in that game a defensive back felt threatened or, or had their heels or their cleats in the in, in in the dirt. They play on their
1: no, toes. Yep. It's it's nuts because last year Florida made one of their DBs retire after the game, and in this game, he might have came just, back.
2: There's, there's
1: <laughs> he saw he, jumped, he, he watched the game last week. like, damn,
0: I should have been there. He jumped and, in when they when they rushed the field. He was with the, with everybody. He's like, he was, like, can he he can was with Waka
1: Flocka Flame. Walk
0: just you guys saw Walker
1: was on the field?
0: Yeah. I'm not going to say Kentucky. They're not a Kentucky that we grew up watching, but that team was not a good football team. We had we were the better team. We should have won that game. And him, we just talking about the smiling, but for Dan Mullen to come out of his face and saying that he wasn't out-coached because of some yards, like, what are we talking about? You was our coach, fam. You lost the game. You got out-schemed.
2: Bro, I might need to, like, slide – on, on the low slide silk, the uh, the zoom the zoom link after the next loss.
1: Yeah, I can see Steve Orlando calling your name and all of our Steve McLean, sorry, and then all of a sudden Silk's face pops in instead. Yep. I got questions.
0: <laughs> yeah, yep. real, real quick, real quick.
2: He, he comes with thirty seven questions. Yep, Dan. Uh, no, do you I have 37 to... timeouts this game because you've refused to call one for the last four. I should—I don't, I don't know if they roll over like. Some Red, there's minutes. no roll
0: over timeouts, my guy. Um, <laughs> taking them to the locker room does not get you points. I don't know what you <laughs> plan on doing those three timeouts. But next time, if you have time and timeouts, because that's what—that's what you do with the timeouts. You use those timeouts to try to get your team down the field. If you have a quarterback that you don't trust to run a two-minute offense, you need to look yourself in the mirror, like Michael Jackson says. I talk to the man in the mirror, that's on you, partner. Woo! That is not on Emory Jones.
1: Nick, that is your fourth impression today. That's incredible. That, that was been, not. That he's, was he's not. He's been not. quite
0: the character tonight. Yeah,
1: <laughs> he has. Yeah, he has. I got. I got an idea, Silk. I'll. Uh, I'll text you about it. Um, <laughs> all right. So, uh, offensive MVP. I'm going to go. Uh, Damian Pierce. I like that pick. All right. Um, Silk,
0: pick? Hmm? You,
2: Well, your pick was yeah, Silk, I know. Silk sounded like an early two thousand, early two thousands Lil Wayne track. Over there.
0: yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, I had to, I had to cut my video off, man. First <laughs> that two, that two minutes and three times, I was ruining my life. <laughs> the boostout wasn't
1: working. We moved nah, on.
0: Not at all, man.
1: Uh, so, give me a defensive MVP. Oh, shout out to uh, Jason Marshall. I thought that was his best game. Oh, yeah. man, shout out to the
0: young boy, man. He came to play some football. Uh, that wide receiver that Kentucky has, I'm forgetting his name right now. Uh, he can play moment. some football. Uh, Marshall came to play some football as well. He's a phenom. That's why you need the five stars. Because if you so happen to be missing your All-American, you can slide a five-star freshman out there that just has the ability to run with uh, all SEC-type talent. Um, so, that's why you go recruit the big dogs. Shout out to Jason Marshall. Great game. Yeah,
1: great game. Uh, So, who do you have as your defensive MVP?
0: Uh, Defensive MVP – I'm just going to go in the trenches because that's the safest bet these days. So, I'm going to get Gervon Dexter, um, his coming out party. He's smashing things down the middle like Donkey (laughs) Kong. Do some violent things. So, give me Gervon Dexter.
2: Uh, I'll go Zach Carter. I picked him to get, (laughs) what, seven more – at least seven more sacks. Hopefully, I can get a couple on Saturday. Oh, you not
0: heard about this resi about to take. That's all. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Zach Carter would have played, but he had tutoring, so he decided not to on right. Saturday. Zach Carter Zach Carter had a Gator collective
0: event that he had had an ear infection. <laughs> um, <laughs> he had an ear infection. <laughs> <laughs> had a ringworm. Jeez.
1: Um. Uh, uh, for the defense, I I like those picks. Um by the way, I thought Travis Johnson played his guess, best game too, and Amari Burney now that I'm looking at the uh the playlist here. Um I'll go with I don't know. There's no I don't know. I think they dominate. We'll go with uh
0: Ain't that Tyron many bets. let's oh, go Tyro Shout Tyrone. he came in smacking shit, man. Yeah, he did. Tyrone. Hopper, know, go. Spirit animal player of the week is Tyrone Hopper, uh, for sure, man. Uh, Silk Spirit Animal of the Week. Yeah, that's right. That's a that's a segment.
2: I like that. Yeah, I like
0: that. Tyrone um, Smacking shit.
1: Are you guys surprised? I'm just looking at uh I, I know the answer is probably gonna be no, so I don't know why I'm asking, but are you guys surprised that uh Princely Uma and Milan and Chris Bogle? are not playing and Bogle
0: Bogle sent out. So no, they, the kids get uh, busy on the socials once they don't get no playing time. So you got to watch the socials. Um, Bogle was yep. my, 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 my guy. I thought was gonna have a coming up party. I don't think he's playing bad, but Brent Cox is playing very well, hmm. um, but you got to know how to man, manage these uh, rosters as well. That's the thing. Hmm.
2: Nick. No, I don't think I'm surprised
0: good analysis.
1: All right. Well, <laughs> <Silt>. <laughs> uh,
0: Nick just, got the takes, man. That was Yeah, deep. no,
2: Nick, I appreciate you
0: coming yeah, every yeah. week. Bro,
2: show. I'm I'm just, just here for some impersonations and and that's it. All
1: right. Well, Silk, uh
2: let's get
1: into the manscaped ad read. I shot the Manscaped for uh, another 3 months of getting here this uh this ad read. So, Silk, right. Take us home.
0: Man, life's all about preparation, man. Um, you got you to gotta <laughs> prep them balls for the big game, right? Uh, ball deodorant by the great folks at Manscaped is the number one need and want and, and man care that every man should have. Look good, play good, feel good. All of that's the same thing, same accord. Get some ball deodorant. Get the lawnmower 4.0. Keep them things shaved, clean, crisp. Take care of them family jewels. Coupon code SG at checkout gets you 20% off and free shipping. Mm. And it's holiday season time. Uh, mm. Ladies, if you're listening to the show or fellas, so you can buy your grandfather or your father a nice lawnmower 4.0. You know, put them grades on up. Mm. A, Coupon code SG at checkout for 20% off.
1: That's a hell of a uh, visual day in this show, so.
0: I'm trying to help the people out, you know. Provide some laughs, a little comedic break from real-life pain. Uh, we lost a Kentucky, fam. Mm-hmm. That's just something I can't get used to, so mm-hmm. got to laugh through it.
1: Mm-hmm. All right, well, end of Kentucky. the show. For some reason, my song didn't even play last yeah, week, which is okay. timeouts
0: in two minutes.
1: <laughs> in <laughs> a quarter it's, a that it's almost
0: 30 that we don't trust. Like I just think, bro, you just got veteran guys, bro. You gotta be able to trust your veteran quarterback with two minutes and three timeouts, dog. Like this is big boy football, man. You're not playing, it's not high school, dog. Well, Silk, so,
1: I'm not sure if
2: you or something. Silk's in a padded room, sitting down, clutching his knees to his Why chest, it? just going back and forth, muttering the same I things go, over. I two go minutes, my kids three timeouts. Yeah, going go after the game. Yeah. He doesn't care. <laughs> Some tiny things Kentucky.
0: that are important to him. Yeah, man. I, just, I gotta I just smile like that.
1: Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so glad you take us out with the
2: uh song of the
0: week. Ain't no sunshine. No, I was just playing. <laughs> <laughs> when it all falls down, Kanye yeah, West. Yeah. All right. Um let me do you look, do you all listen to the problem? Let me get some problem. Problem, um, we get top of the top. Speaking the of problems, problem.
3: Three timeouts, <laughs> <laughs> two minutes.
0: <laughs> right. It's oh. a great, great morning tune to add to your morning uh repertoire. Top of the top. It's the morning jingle. Um, uh, from the great guy named Problem from the West Coast. Uh, same corner, same time, fellas.
1: Same corner, same time next week, boys.
2: See you then.
6: Up I'm sitting on my balcony right now Looking at like the fucking trees and shit you know what I mean? Top of the top, it's time to get paid Up early in the morning like it's 5th grade yeah. It's time to get paid Up early in the morning like it's 5th grade Top of the top, it's time to get paid Up early in the morning like it's 5th grade like it's fifth grade. What? Top of the top, it's time to get paid. It's time to get paid. To get paid. Early morning, Coach Chops trying to make plays. Big risk, big life, let it levitate me. And give these niggas another reason to fucking hate me. Get dressed, get fresh. Always looking like success. Niggas show me fake love when I roll past That's why the Roy got a cold stash I remember Being broke with hopes of being bigger, being bigger Moving hoes and dope, me and my nigga and my nigga Trading game with Weebs, Bird and Miller Standing tall through every L they give us God bless the winners, God bless the sinners too Take more than hustle to get a nigga through Some get high and fuck hoes, that's what niggas do Fuck all that, I got shit to do On my mama though, top of the top, it's time to get paid Up early in the morning like it's fifth grade Yeah Time to get paid. Up early in the morning like it's fifth grade. Top of the tops. Time to get paid. Up early in the morning like it's fifth grade. like it's fifth grade. Nigga, top of the tops. Time to get paid. I'm on a mission, can't no nigga stop it. Stay away from doing shit that them broke niggas copy. Got a big village. Stand still on my own before I move with feelings. Hit the weed till I hit ceilings. Look, past hero turned new villain. Y'all to see why God willing, yeah Somebody had to play the martyr for us new bosses Set the fee and ain't taking what these crackers offers Ben's buyer, front man for this 10-year empire All facts, no lines. Started out as ghetto kids with no guidance To FaceTime and Big Bird from some island That's my life, coffee and cushions, keep me balanced Make plays, break that bank to free my felons Streets call, real ones die, niggas is telling And through all that, I'm still standing Why? Top of the top, it's time to get paid Up early in the morning like it's fifth grade yeah, It's time to get paid Up early in the morning like it's fifth grade Top of the top, it's time to get paid Up early in the morning like it's fifth grade yeah, Like it's fifth grade Top of the top, it's time to get paid Gotta get up, it's a new day Making the mark in a new way It's time to get paid Up early in the morning like it's fifth
3: grade
6: Top top, top, top of the top, it's time to get paid